Morning. Nice to have you company. So, new uh, new time and uh, a new entrance to LBC. We don't have to go around the back anymore. We can actually come in the uh, in the front way, which is actually all good news, as far as I'm concerned. Having been round the front, then been round the back, and then gone round the front again. But uh, it's all singing, all dancing. If you're going through Leicester Square later, you'll have to go and have a look at it. Uh, so, here we are at a brand new time. Four o'clock, because we were in from 3.30, and I was sitting upstairs twiddling my thumbs, and I was looking at Christo sort of ageing rapidly, thinking he ne- he needs to go home earlier. He definitely needs to go home earlier. So it, it'll take a while for everything to sort of catch up. So just in case you think it's all gone a bit peculiar, wait a minute, what time is this? It's it's five past four. Wait a minute. Nope, it's definitely not Christo. It's definitely Steve Allen. But strangely enough, as, as I was coming in, I was hearing people talking about vinyl and hearing, which just seems so archaic. God, and yet I suddenly realised that in keeping with lots of you, I've also got lots of vinyl, because people want to buy it, because we like the crackles and we like the... <laughs> as you put the needle on the beginning of it. And you can buy decks now. I've seen decks for sale for about 50 quid, which you can plug into the computer and play it back through the computer or download it. And then I've seen other things where they've got a deck and uh, and a cassette player. God, blimey, those long-distant memories, aren't they, for cassette players. And then when somebody started talking about laser discs, I seriously thought I'd wandered into another, another place, because I have laser discs. And I have loads of laser discs. And in fact, they've been sitting. And I was, I was saying to somebody a while ago, what do you do with laser discs? And somebody said, well, they're not worth anything. Just throw them out. You can't even carve it. Nobody, nobody really wants them. And I said, to be honest with you, I seem to remember I paid a fair bit of money for some of these things. I'm just not going to get rid of them. I'm just not that sort of person that goes, oh, well, because they're out of fashion at the moment, I'm going to get rid of them. So I'm going to hang on to them. Because I'm working on the assumption that in a few years' time, somebody will say, laser discs. Anybody kept them? And I'll better go, yep. Kept all of mine, 0845 973 or steve at lbc.co.uk, or 84850. Because overall, uh, CD sales are slumping, and I think the reason that they're slumping is because people download now. I don't think people bother by... I mean, I do, but I think I'm a bit old-fashioned. I think I'm possibly the only person that actually goes out and buys... C- I order CDs on a fairly regular basis... A fairly regular basis, I actually go out and buy them and then stupidly download them to the iPod, whereas, in fact, what I could have done is actually I could have downloaded them straight to the iPod and not bought the things, and it probably would have been cheaper in the long run. Although some of these albums are banged out so cheap. My favourite album this year was a Dolly Parton CD for Christmas, which has got... I mean, some gr- and it was only, like, three ninety nine, and I thought, do you know, for three ninety nine, it's it's worth spending money on. It's worth buying. At least I've got it in the collection. But I've got so many of these things, I think, really, perhaps I should car boot. Perhaps I should just get rid of everything. Uh, and then there is that, that case, which was mentioned earlier on the news, about the taxi driver who's wiped out a whole family in a shotgun horror. This man was licensed to carry six shotguns. And I can't quite work out why somebody would be licensed to carry six shotguns. He lives in a small street, and I can't see any logical reason how that man would be like, unless he works somewhere that I'm not aware of. He's a taxi driver who is licensed to carry six guns. And so he did. And then obviously something flipped, because we've had loads of these stories. Loads of these stories. I mean, four dead in the, in the shotgun rampage. And then another woman who was, who was knifed in the back of a taxi which is, I mean, just absolutely dreadful. These are the stories that make the front pages as everybody gets back to normal and as we climb into the year 2012 and we think to ourselves, it can only be better than last year. And sadly, what you're reading is the fact that it's not better than last year. We've already got, you know, numerous murders on the uh, on the front pages. We lost a footballer. Uh, and there's other stories which will be uh, 
culling your thoughts on, on 08456060973, especially the ones to do with money, because I said before Christmas, the one thing that you're going to worry about is the money you've spent over the festive period and why you don't, in fact, have, uh, have any money now. And you're looking probably at the bank overdraft thinking, oh, crikey, we're going to be paying for this for the rest of the year. Well, the co-op have now said they're going to scrap interest charges on agreed overdrafts for the next three months. Now, whether or not this is for existing customers or new customers, or in a bid to attract new customers, I do not know. A current account customer with an agreed overdraft of £2,000 could apparently save £75 in fees over the interest-free period. The bank said customers will automatically have the interest charges put on hold on the overdrafts, which qualify, and they won't be asked at any point to pay the interest which would have accrued. It doesn't seem a lot of money, does it? £2,000 and £75 to pay for things like that. So, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't seem... I don't know what, what your bank offers. To be honest with you, I cannot remember what overdraft facility arrangement I've agreed with my bank. I know I've got an overdraft facility. I don't think I've used it. It's there as, a, as an emergency. Most people keep it as an emergency, but over Christmas, you're probably all desperate to use the blooming thing because you go out and then you go, right, I've got this money. It's like having money on your, on your visa. And if you've got the money on the, on the visa card, you think, well, I tell you what, I think I'll, I'll probably go out... And I'll spend that, because then I can pay back little and often. The trouble is, little and often on a, on a, on a credit card, their extortionate rates of interest means that you drag the thing out for the, uh, for the whole of the year. But I have a really good relationship with my bank. I mean, a really good relationship. I don't see them, which is probably the, the, uh, the, the biggest bonus as far as I'm concerned, because most people now do internet banking. I don't know if you're one of those people that's transferred your accounts, because you go into the bank and they don't have bank managers anymore. They have business managers and you have to make an arrangement when you see a business manager you then start thinking perhaps I'm not a personal customer perhaps I'm now a business customer but the business manager is only there on certain days because they wander between two or three branches and this year I think it's going to be worse as they close down branches and start making people do a little bit more work so I don't know what the relationship is between your bank and and whether or not you have it do you have do you have a good relationship with your bank do let me know I'd like to know which which are the popular ones at the moment 0845 6060 973 You've probably been charged unfairly at some point and you've tentified that you're dealing with a computer that's sort of just added a charge on because you've done something. So your relationship with your bank... Uh, vi- did, Baker, did anybody mention Bakelite? I think they must have mentioned Bakelite earlier on because Bakelite is unbelievably popular and valuable. And lots of people have got... There used to be a presenter on LBC years ago and he used to collect Bakelite radios. And what he used to do, he used to ask people, you know, if you've got any Bakelite radios you didn't want, he, he, he would come round and buy them. And he accrued loads of them because it turns out that loads of people have got them sitting up in the loft and they go, I didn't think it was worth anything. And they are, they're worth a little bit of money now. I mean, some of these things that have got valves, I mean, I heard somebody talking about valves earlier on. That's when you turned on the radiogram in the corner and the radiogram was this rather nice piece of furniture which had the radio one side with Radio Luxembourg and all sorts of other strange places which we'd never heard of. And then you lifted up the lid and there was a record player. And you could put it on, and it was really lovely. And these things go for serious money now. Serious money. But a lot of the radios were valve. And inside, to move the dial along, it was like a, it was like a little wheel that it went round with a piece of string. Very thin twine that went round. So when you turned the thing, it would... And you would hear all of these different things as the, uh, as the thing moved along there. But because it was valve, it, it had a different sound to it. I'm totally convinced even though I'm sure the valves were nothing to do with the actual sound, that it sounded different. Perhaps it was better speakers. Might have been better speakers, I don't know. So did you have one of those things? Did you have... You probably still got one. Do they still work? 
you can't still... Well, you can buy vinyl, but you have to go to car boots, don't you? Unless you go to specialist shops in Soho. I remember going to a, a shop in Soho years ago. And I wish I'd bought it now. Because they had all the Beatles records on gold vinyl. Gold vinyl. Everything came in on gold vinyl. And I remember looking at them thinking, I should buy those. Gold, they might be worth something in years to come, because I'd never seen them on gold vinyl. I'm assuming it was a, an import that came in from overseas, because if you went to certain shops, you could buy things on import, and that meant that it came in and it had a little sticker on it to go, import, and it was £8.75 or whatever it happened to be. And that was amazing. I loved things like that, so I would buy import albums. And I've still got a few albums. St- I think I've still got some singles. Hiding away somewhere. 08456060973. And uh, we take all your texts and, uh, and emails this morning. Because it's just a slightly earlier time. So, Claire, very happy new year. Belated happy birthday, says Lourdes, for the 1st of January. And uh, I shall see you on the 4th of February. Oh, yes, I've forgotten about that. That's our charity show that I'm hosting at the Magic Circle, which is very nice. And um, another one here. This is from Ma- oh, Mark in Brentwood, surprisingly, who says, up an hour earlier. He says, how is it getting up this morning? Hope you're well and happy. Exactly the same as normal. I haven't changed the time I get up. I get up at exactly the same time. The alarm goes up. I was really in the middle of a good dream last night. I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was a cracking dream. It was really, it was one of those good dreams. You wake up and you think, blimey, that was a good dream. And I've, I've found just the right position in the bed to be even more comfy than usual. But no, I haven't got up any earlier, Mark. I've done exactly the same. I was always... I get picked up at three. We got stopped by the police at, uh, at ten past three this morning because apparently we were driving with no lights on. And so I thought, oh, not this, it's not going to be long, isn't it, this one? And then I get into the building and then yesterday they'd said, um, I think in the early hours of the morning you have to use the back entrance to get into the building. And then we got a thing saying, no, the back entrance is now closed. It's all open at the front. So I go to the front and I couldn't, couldn't find the right button. So I go round the back. And then Imran says, no, come round the front again. So by this time, I'm practically into a marathon. So if, I, if I'm not getting exercise, you know, at this time in the morning, I certainly will be from now on. So at least it's... But it's all, it's all singing and all dancing at the front of the building. It's all very, very nice indeed. I mean, it really is. It's Admittedly, I'm not good on a spiral. We've got a spiral staircase in. And I tend to get a little bit dizzy going up the thing. I'm all right on a staircase that goes up and across, but spiral just a little bit more, more, more difficult for me. So this morning... Laser discs. I can't believe I've got a collection of them. Has anybody else got this? Perhaps we could do swapses on laser. I could end up with some... No, I can't play them anymore. Because I've got to find another channel on the television. And so far I've got two DVD players. One which is not chipped and one which is chipped. And so I end up with um, different things on this. So I can play overseas. I can play Region 1 on one player and on the other another player. Then I've got the Freeview channels. And if I actually end up... I've, I've got a, a double disc player as well, which is connected to another television, and I've got the laser disc player. I mean, I think we're actually pushing it a bit. I've got all these cables all over the place, and I'd quite like to get rid of some of those. So, vinyl album, 337,000 sold in the UK last year. That's the highest since 2005. I think because you like the feel of it. I've actually ordered a few things in vinyl, just as... Just to sort of... In fact, I bought one for a friend of mine. I bought the Bee Gees Cucumber Castle. And I don't know where it had been stored, but it was obviously very musty, this place. And I only paid something like, I don't know, six, eight quid for it. And, uh, and that, that was quite a good Christmas present, because it's a good album. And it comes with a gate sleeve, and it's got all the bits and pieces on there. So, obviously, you're, you're vinyl fans, and obviously you like this kind of stuff as well. Some this morning on the front page, this is the... Uh, well, in fact, you, you've got stories that ran for over the, uh, the weekend, and then you've got the new one about the, the New Year family murders leaving Britain in shock. I mean, it just it's appalling now. 
It's absolutely appalling that things, things like this are still going on. But then you've got Sarah Harding back on the front page again because the lover of Sarah Harding claimed it was her who left him black and blue and he went to hospital. And then in another paper, this is when she went skiing, you remember, and Sarah, who is, let's just call her, troubled. Uh, but this, this man called Theo said she bit me and hit me in the eye with an ashtray. I mean, she's obviously, they've sort of got photographs of him sitting there. He said she's a very good kickboxer, remember. I just think she's troubled. I think that's the way we describe Sarah Harding, is troubled now. But you're waiting for something. What are you waiting for? Go home. What time have you booked the taxi for, then? Goodness sake. I thought you'd have been out for the old Kentucky Fried Chicken by now. In fact, this is the best time to eat food like that. It's very comforting food. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Dear me. Uh, so, uh, Dom Jolly is talking about uh, Peter Andre. I won't, I won't mention all the things. He says exactly the same as everybody else, that Channel 4 have actually commissioned a new series. He said, how marvellous. We'll discover just how much he loves his kids again. We energy-saving light bulbs are perfect. Steve Allen. Morning. I was going to say morning podcasters, actually, and then I was going to change it to morning Facebookers. Then I was going to change it to morning Twitterers. And then I was going to change it to morning just about everybody who's managed to uh, to get up earlier than usual. So you, you catch the end of Christo, and now you're thinking, well, it's 20 past four. And why Steve Allen on? Because this is the new time. So we run now from four until 6.30. 6.30, there's a brand new programme on LBC, and you'll hear that a little bit later. I'm not going to tell you too much about it. It's spoiling the surprise. You'll have to wait for that one for 6.30. And there's going to be an extra podcast every day as well. So there'll be the, the normal programme podcast, <laughs> and there's going to be another podcast. And that'll be sort of all the things which you would expect to hear. And, uh, and I'm trying to work out what I'm, I'm trying to work out a formula for it. It's only going to be a 20 minute podcast. And it's going to be a 20-minute podcast where we can have a bit of a rant and a rave about the non-entities. We'll still do the non-entities during the programme. Believe you me, there's enough of them to keep us going for donkey's years. And then we'll do all the other stuff as well. And then we can sort of weave it all in. But, of course, this morning, everything turned around. They've opened the new entrance. Christo forgets to change his car outside. I wonder why he was hanging around. I suddenly worked out that he's sort of... He's hanging around because he completely forgot to change the car. Even though... You know, we've known about this for a little while, little while. So 0845 6060 Poor old Mary says, I'm going to have to get the headphones out so I can stay in bed. Far too early to be up. And the trouble is, this is almost now. This is the middle of the night, isn't it? Do you think this is... I think this is the middle of the night kind of syndrome. I quite like this time. Although, normally, this is actually... Uh, this is actually normal for me, but it's quite busy round here this morning, quite, quite, uh, quite buzzy. Uh, June says, healthy and happy and peaceful 2012. I forget, actually, that some people are only just going back to work. There will be many people this morning who are waking up now, going into it. There are people who work all night anyway, the people who do the deliveries, the cab drivers, police officers. In fact, we had quite a nice police officer this morning when he stopped us for not having any lights on. And he was actually quite nice. Normally, you know, they, we, we, we had one a short while ago. In the mall, who wasn't, you know, he he was he was a little bit a job's worth, little bit, because I understand they they have to do a job, and I understand they have to sort of check things, but you feel like saying, look, I really need to get to work, but of course it, that, that that doesn't count anymore, does it? They're really not going to go for somebody who's going. Listen, I need to get to work very quickly because I just looked at the at the watch, thinking, right, it, it's now twenty past three. <laughs> I've start work at four. I'd quite like to get there in plenty of time to quickly throw a cup of tea down. And, uh, and I was going to have a slice of, of cake, and then I, I thought better of it, because I thought, well, don't, don't, get, don't want to get a sugar rush this early in the morning. I might do it a little bit later on. So you like to whiz through the papers as fast as possible and find out 
Well, June is currently in Israel. She says a perfect combination. She says a perfect combination overseas and listening to the programme. Because depending on where you are, I suppose, in the world, it could be normal time, couldn't it? It's, um... Uh, don't worry, Richard, that will be that will be changed, actually. I just had a quick look at the LBC website as well. It's it's playing catch-up with itself at the moment. The, but the, all the other stuff is on there. So you'll, you'll find, if you go to lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve, there's all the stuff on there from, from the Christmas, from the, uh, the video, from the, uh, the dressing up bit at Angels. The podcasts are on there as well, but you know, you know about the podcasts anyway. So if you can't do those by now, I just give up. You might as well lose the will to live because it's so simple. I just mentioned the new podcast. So, um, so you've got all of that to look forward to, and all you've got to do is find it on the LBC website, but it's, it's easy to navigate. If I can navigate it, anybody can navigate it. So 0845 6060 973. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, Twitter. You can just about everything. Anything barring sending in a carrier pigeon. Uh, they brought back It'll Be All Right on the Night... And they brought it back, because, you know, it used to be with, with Dennis Norden, who, uh, lovely, lovely man, but they've now brought it back with uh, Griff Rhys-Jones. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's still good. I do like Dennis Norden, though. Dennis Norden, big LBC fan, big LBC fan. And, and I, I, I quite like the idea that he listens to the programme, because he's, we did an interview with him, because he brought out his autobiography ages ago, and he's got one of those great mellifluous voices. You know, it's one of those those nice things. I love the husband and wife in the paper today. This is Robert Erskine and his wife Susan. He's 100 and she's 99. And they have not spent more than a day apart since the end of World War II. Susan, who's 100 in April, said, I'm so excited. We're the UK's oldest couple. Rob has always been by my side. We still kiss and hold hands. Isn't that fantastic? UK's previous oldest couple were Ralph and Phyllis Tarrant from Sheffield. They were wed for 77 years, but uh, Phyllis sadly died last February. So there you go. Robert Erskine and his wife Susan. Fantastic. Uh, biggest gripe with your bank this morning. I don't know, do you get good service from your bank? Have you, have you ever tried to change banks? I wonder if you've try, tried to change banks, because I've, I've been with the same bank for years. Yes, and most people tend to stick with them. I do know some people, if they get different interest charges on different accounts, then they move accounts round and then they close that one down and they move. And I wasn't aware. I think it's like moving doctors. You know, I'm not sure if moving doctors is as easy as some people think, because then the new doctor goes, well, why have you, why have you moved doctors? And then you, you might come out as a, tr- as, a, as a troubled patient, somebody who might actually give them trouble. So, so they, they tend not to move people around on lists unless you move area. Unless you move areas. So I wonder whether or not you get the same... Are you aware of your illnesses? The only reason I ask is because there is uh, a feature in one of the papers today on medicine which people do not take. They get the medicine prescribed, but they tend not to take it. So they've got all this medicine sitting... I mean, I I do know people who, who do have medicine which is prescribed because they need it for their illness, but they don't bother to take it. You know, which, which, which kind of defeats the object, because I have said to these people before, we've mentioned them on the programme, that, you know, if, if somebody prescribes you medicine, you need to take the stuff. You definitely need to take it, because that's why they've actually given it to you. I don't know if you've been to pantomime this year, but there is one, one pantomime in Canterbury. And um, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's the two ugly sisters in the pantomime, played by uh, Ian Smith and Michael J. Batchelor. And uh, they're, they're the ugly sisters, but they've called them 
Eugenie and Beatrice. And apparently a few people have complained, saying it's absolutely disgraceful that uh, our royal family is, uh, you know, we, we, we shouldn't mock them. Uh, Bob Britnell, who's senior planning officer at Canterbury City Council, praised the real-life daughters of Prince Andrew and Fergie, saying, looking at their photos, they don't seem ugly, just two pretty ordinary girls who get on with their lives without courting celebrity. Quite clearly, you don't read the papers very much, do you, I'm afraid, Bob? Because they absolutely court celebrity. They love celebrity. They play it to the ends of the earth. I don't know what papers you're reading, but let me tell you, they do. And it doesn't matter whether they're pretty, ordinary girls. It's pantomime is funny. It's not real. It's only, it's only pretend pantomime. You know, they're not, when they call them ugly sisters, they don't mean they're ugly sisters. They're just, they're, they're funny characters. They're grotesque. And unfortunately, uh, whether or not Bob Britnell, senior planning officer at Canterbury City Council, you can just imagine he talks a little bit like that, uh, is concerned. Eugenie and Beatrice don't fit into that category. But they so do. They so do. He says, sadly, there are plenty of people out there willing to mock others for no good reason. What a shame our pantomime has added to them. Shame on the producers and shame on the theatre for not intervening. Oh, God, Bob, grow up, for God's sake. Grow up. I mean, blimey, you're senior planning officer. I bet you're a bundle of laughs at home, aren't you? Oh, look, here he is, miserable old Bob. You know, come on, lighten up, for goodness sake. It's pantomime. Shame on them. He says he would not go to the show because of the cheap jokes. In other words, you've not actually seen it either. You've got no idea, have you? Because the uh, the panto producer says Mr Brittle has been misinformed. Well, of course he has. The man doesn't have the faintest idea. He's a planning officer. Planning officer. No, you can't put that building up there. Yes, you can have that building, but you can't have that on the top of it. No, it's on Scarman. I think I'm putting that one forward. That's why, you see. But it's, it's, it's a joke, pantomime, Bob. You must go. Might lighten you up a little bit. Canterbury. I thought Canterbury was a fun place. Obviously not. Now Bob's down there. You know, the man who won't go to the theatre, because he's heard a rumour that they're taking the mickey out of Beatrice and Eugenie. I wonder if he's got a picture of the Queen in his office. I bet he has, actually. And he goes, you know, they're, they're two pretty ordinary girls who get on with their lives. They don't do anything, Sweet Pea. They don't do anything at all. They court celebrity. They love it. They're a bit like Mummy. Mummy court celebrity as well, or perhaps you don't think that. The pantomime is hilarious, I'm told. And uh, there is a long tradition in pantomime of calling the ugly sisters, who generally aren't ugly at all, but that's perhaps Bob hasn't been to a pantomime for about 500 years, but they call them. I remember, I remember going to one a short while ago, and they had Kylie and Danny. And they're always named after people in, in the press. And it's a wonderful sense of humour. And um, it's strangely enough, the princesses narrowly escaped the same unflattering comparison last year when a production of Cinderella in Kettering, which had planned to use their names for the ugly sisters, backed down. Oh, how embarrassing, honestly. Don't back down. Make it fun. Make it fun. It's one of those sort of things, you know, people people don't mind. Nobody's actually going to go Beatrice and Eugenie ugly, are they? Then it's it's not like that. It's pantomime. It's just, it's a little bit of fun. A little bit of fun. Good Lord, more than 900 police officers have a criminal past. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 0845 6060 It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's new time. It's 4.30. Morning, 28 minutes to five. Uh, biggest gripe with your bank. And uh, What's your relationship like? Mine's great. Mine's great, but a lot of people complain bitterly about the service that they get from banks, the overdraft facilities. You go there. I mean, a, sometimes you stand there forever in the day, don't you? Waiting, thinking, why is it lunchtime? They all want to go to lunch. Why can't they do lunch at different times? But sadly, they want to eat the same time. And CD or vinyl? Vinyl sales up. CDs down. 
which is uh, which is good news, I suppose, because most people download CDs. They go to iTunes, they go to any one of a number of uh, downloading sites, and they just download the things. And also dogs. There's a feature on dogs in the paper today, which I'm going to come round to a little bit later on, because it's, it's, it's very much, why can't we look after our dogs? And, and there's also um, a couple here in the paper, and uh, it's a lady called Shona, and Shona and her family were absolutely gutted when their beloved Labrador, Oscar, died, and they assumed that rescue centres would be delighted to let them take in a stray. How wrong they were. We'll come round to that a little bit later on. I don't know if you've ever tried to get a dog or a cat from a, from a rescue centre. Is, is it just a matter of going in, going, we'll take that one, and walking out? No. I think Battersea uh, Dog and Cat Home do the same. They, they vet people. You go round, you have a look at the dog. You've, there's got to be some sort of bond going on. She does, new, she does have, I have to tell you now, Shona and her family, two new dogs, Juno and Albus, who look lovely. Absolutely look lovely. And of course, a rescue dog, sometimes they come with, with problems because that's why they've been put in. Either their owners died or they've been mistreated or abandoned. And so they're, they're very mistrustful. So you've got to win them round again. Anybody tell you who looks after dogs that it's... it's uh, it's, it's something you have to do for the rest of your life. You don't just have them for Christmas, do you? You don't just have them and go, oh, it's raining, I'm not going to take them out for a walk this morning. Just shove them out in the garden, let them do their, their business, then, then come back in again. So we'll talk about rescue dogs a little bit later, because I have a feeling there might be a number of you who have, uh, who have experienced rescue dogs in one way or another. Paul, he says, we had a Fergus... Ferguson radiogram, which I suppose for its time was quite posh. We had loads of 78s, mainly from Hong Kong, from where my dad, uh, same as yours, served over there, and obviously the usual 45s and 33 and a third EPs and albums. But did we ever have 16 RPM records? Because I think 16... Is it actually on the... Can anybody tell me about that? Did we ever have 16 RPMs? I remember 78s. 45s and 33 and a third. And I remember EPs. I remember paper-thin records being given away with some magazines, which were almost like printed on very, very thin, like, 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 like a polythene bag. And they were quite nice. He said, I've still got cartridges and some mini-discs. I've got a brand new pack of mini-discs. I never used the thing. I've got a mini-disc player. And that was, uh, that was another one, I'm afraid. So uh, it's, it's a little bit... It's a bit bizarre. I should really throw it out, shouldn't I? There's not much use in keeping them. But then you think, no, they, they, they could be worth money. But whether or not we used... 16 RPM records. I don't remember... Well, certainly not in my era. If anybody else knows about 16 RPM records, do tell me, which is 08456060973. And he says, uh, Lindy, Sally and Kevin the Milkman, all with you. Some who haven't yet logged on. Trust you're feeling better after being a bit off colour. Oh, I was definitely off colour yesterday. I must have eaten something. I must have had something that didn't uh, didn't quite uh, agree with me at all. And so it affected me. And you know, when you go home, you think, Oh, I really don't feel up to this at all. But I got the train yesterday and they're obviously doing roadworks or rail works out my neck of the woods because we ended up in Kingston and then came back to Twickenham. So it was the roundabout route, but there was nobody on the train. Absolutely deserted. So this morning it's going to be packed solid. All the people are out at the moment, delivering and working and going, it's a bit early, isn't it? But it's, it's quite nice at this time of the morning because this is the quiet period I've discovered. Between 4.30 and 5, you can whiz around London if you're, a, if you're a delivery person and you can get all your work done and all you've got to contend with is a few sort of off-colour drunks singing bawdy songs, which I had to encounter this morning. But Brian uh, says, uh, I love the new timing. Eight-hour time difference here means a perfect lunchtime treat to tune into the programme. So he says, fine. So he's in Singapore. So Singapore is actually good. Angela and Bob quick note to say we are with you albeit st- still under the duvet 
Best place to be at this time of the morning, isn't it, really? Rebanking. We have used our bank's internet banking facility and not had any problems. In fact, we've actually been in a branch for a long time, so nice to be able to do it all from the comfort of your home. Yes, I mean, I, I, I do that. I do the internet banking. I'm blowed if I can remember all the passwords. I think on first direct, you've got to... I had to write it down and I've lost the piece of paper. You've got to write down your favourite address. So I can't do anything on, on first... I just have to accept what goes on in the account. Because unless we, uh, unless we change all the passwords, and to be honest with you, favourite address, and I sit there and struggle with it, and they go, what do you think your favourite address... Oh, no idea. I say, can you give me a clue? They go, well, not really. And then, you know, favourite dog's name. Well, dog's name I, I can do, and parents' maiden... Mother's maiden name I can do, and I can do stuff like that. And favourite addresses, that's the one I get stuck on, because I can't remember what I've given to them. And also, favourite date... When you've got to come up with a favourite and passwords. I mean, it's just crap. At least when you go onto the internet now and you log into your account, you've only got to use one password, haven't you? You just go on there and you put in a, in, in a password and you, and you think, right, that, that's easy now. And then I have to write them down. And then I've ordered stuff before and back comes, we're just doing a check. Give us the third letter of it. So I've started using, probably like many of you, the same password. Because I've discovered it makes it easier when I'm doing things. So I've, I've written down... And I mean, having here at work used every rude word under the sun, I've now discovered you can't, you know, you can, there's a, there's a limit to how many rude words even I know. So I've now come down to putting people's names in and then adding numbers on the end of it. But then I have to write them down. Then occasionally I get mental block and I think, what was, what was, I can't remember what it is. And then back comes the thing from your bank saying, can you put in the fourth letter, the fifth letter and the eleventh? I think, how can there be eleven letters? I can only remember seven in the password. And so you have to do that. And then you put down, so that's why it's easier. Numbers are the worst ones for me. You go to the bank machine, you put in the card, the diddly-dip machine, to get money out, and you go, is it 1739 or 973? These aren't the numbers, incidentally, just in case you're writing them down, hoping I'm going to be inadvertently handing out my numbers to you. But you do use it, 9142 or 2... And sometimes you stand there and, and you go blank. And on one of my cards, I can't remember the life of it, so I've had to write it down. I've written it down at home. It's on a whole sheet of paper with, with all numbers on it. And then the other thing is, if you actually type in the password incorrectly three times, it goes, would you like to reset your password? You think, not really, no. I'd quite like to keep the old one. So then you have to reset the thing and then go back to where you came from last time round. Russell Grant is doing your stars for today. And uh, it's strange, I was, I was looking for them. I was looking through them. Actually, there's a couple of stories in the papers. One about Louise Mensch who's one of Cameron's cuties, but she's, uh, she's obviously desperate for publicity. She's a backbencher, and uh, she says she's sick and tired of being constantly overlooked for ministerial posts. Well, judging by the interview in GQ magazine, there's probably a very good reason for it. You know, but people like people to get on with, with, the, with the matter in hand of politics, except Alan Titchmarsh, strangely enough, who says that he's not remotely interested in politics. He said gardening is the thing. That's the way forward. Gardening is, is the thing that's real. He said politics isn't real. Just a lot of people arguing about stuff. And, and nobody is, is particularly bothered about, about politics now. And, uh, and I thought, well, I, I think they are, actually. I think they're interested in it. I don't think they understand about it. P people sort of think, you know, do, do, can, can you ever trust MPs? And the answer is, not really. I mean, he thinks people uh, are unable to experience nature because they've become glued to a screen. Well, of course, because Alan is, Alan is on all the time. And uh, Alan Titchmarsh's programmes, I remember being an Alan, an Alan Titchmarsh fan from years ago, and then he moved on. Oh, but by the way, Cheryl Cole said she, wants to do a, uh, said she wants to do a chat show on television to rival Jonathan Ross. I don't think so, love. I mean, it's very sweet, but, you know, 
I don't, I don't think. We don't want another chat show. So Louise mentions in all the papers today, and um, she says, uh, it's kind of annoying. What do I have to do to get promoted? Well, stop bleating on about being promoted. That would be the first sign. Nobody likes a whinger. Louise. And uh, they say she's eyeing up the cabinet. I don't think they see you as that. I think they see you as a novelist. And uh, and you just have to, to, to grow with it, I'm afraid. She's a mother of three. She's only been an MP for 20 months, and already she thinks she should be in the cabinet. But uh, I have to tell you now, it's not going to happen. OK? So it's, it's no good you going in GQ moaning about it. People don't, don't really want that kind of thing. We don't want whingy, whingy people. And... Um, you know, to be honest with you, it's, it's it's great publicity, but she says, I'm sick to death of people um, judging me on the way I look. Well, stop going on about it. Nobody's, nobody's, I don't think anybody's judging you on the way, I don't think it makes any difference nowadays. I mean, it's nice if, if somebody's, somebody's actually quite nice looking, but to be honest with you if, you, if you go on about the way you look, you obviously have got an inflated ego. You obviously think that you're very, very good looking, and you obviously think that that's why, why people talk about you. No, it's, it's because, I don't know why people talk about you, to be honest with you. But Russell Grant, who's come up... Now, listen, how, how general are these predictions for the year ahead? Victoria Beckham, some of your most precious romantic dreams are likely to come true. That's what Russell Grant has said. Well, what does that mean? Has he got the faintest idea? No, of course he hasn't. Of course he hasn't. Frank Lampard, you will be taking romance seriously in December. OK, so remember these ones, because none of them will ever come true. You know, romance seriously in December. That that could be either a split or a marriage. I think he's hedging his bets, I think. Cheryl Cole, a love affair could form under, under unusual circumstances. I mean, they are so general, these things. As you know, you could have asked a five-year-old to do them. Some of the other ones here. Um, Simon Cowell, be careful with finances during the first few months. This for a man with a fortune of about 240 million. He's really going to be worrying. Fern Cotton. This is a hilarious one for Fern. May is a great month to roll up your sleeves and work hard. I don't think there's any more hours in the day for Fern Cotton. So you've screwed that one up as well. And Cat Dealey. Pay attention to tips about making money in June. These are so general. I, I could also say, Cat, probably about the middle part of the year, look out for your health. OK? Because I'm as psychic as Russell Grant. Mick Jagger. Money will slip through your fingers like water in the summer. Or perhaps he'll go out and buy something. And then we can go, oh, right, that's what he means. That's what he means. I can also say, Russell Grant, you're not going to lose any more weight, I fear, this year. There's going to be a slight hiccup in this re-emergence, OK? That's, that's what I've worked out through doing your chart. And for doing your chart, I just got a pencil and drew a straight line. And then went, that, that's your, your chart for this year. Because people, I know people follow it. And I know people are fascinated by star signs, and I know they're, they're fascinated by this, this sort of, sort of quasi-rubbish that comes out. And people sit there. I mean, at one time, I did used to read my star signs every day. I would look at it and go... And, of course, if it was actually bad, then you would ignore it and go, well, it's rubbish. And if it was actually good, like you're going to be hearing news about money and finances, then you get quite excited, don't you? And you go, oh, good, that's lovely. I love the idea of, uh, of money coming in. But then if, it, if it's bad, they never tell you bad news. You're going to take a plane today and it's going to crash. They never tell you that. Because, you know, presumably, if these people can see into the stars and they can see what's going to happen, which they can't, of course, then they would better predict a disaster. But they never do that. And there's always a reason. It's, 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 it's exactly the same argument. And I cannot remember which one came back from, uh, from the... Behind a green door, the number seven is awaiting you. That was that uh, poor old baggage on the National Lottery. Uh, but they never predict the numbers. You know, if, if you can see into the future and you can do a guide to love, life, finances and happiness, why can't you predict lottery numbers? Because they can't. 
because they can't do anything like that. They're not, they're not very good at those sort of things. They're, because that, that's just, it's as much guesswork, the numbers. I bet he couldn't even get one number. I bet if you said to Russell, go on, I tell you what, find me, I tell you what, one, say two numbers would actually convince me that you know what you're doing. I can guarantee he couldn't do two numbers at all. But I could show you magicians who could give you a locked box now, and when you open it on Saturday, it would have all the winning numbers in. OK? It's that good. But unfortunately for Paul Russell Grant and June Penn and all the other ones, Laurie Reed and, and um, Mystic Meg, who doesn't have any more talent than you and I have, uh, they, none of them could, could predict the lottery numbers. And that's the only thing you want to know, isn't it? Who wants to know anything else? Who wants to? Who, who cares about happiness and your love life and you know and, and people telling you how to run your life? It must be a very shallow existence if you have to rely on somebody like Russell Grant or any of the other people. No, 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 no. no. It's rubbish. It's rubbish, but fun rubbish. But it should always be taken with a very, very, very large pinch of salt. Unless, of course, you think differently. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Gardening is more important than politics. That's what Alan Titchmarsh, he says, because it has a consistent point of view. A piece of ground should be cherished. He's written eight novels, and he says there is a greater world out there that people can't see because they're glued to a screen. He says gardening is the stuff of life. It's about putting a seed in the ground and making it grow. This is from a man who makes his living from, from television. We all sit there glued to his programmes because he's one of those easygoing presenters. He doesn't, you know, it, it's, it's just, you, you get the feeling, you watch Alan Titchmarsh, and what you see is what you get. And I can tell you that it's exactly right. What you see is what you get. No airs or graces with him. LBC. 90s. 12 minutes to five. Morning. Nice to have your company. I trust you are well. It's Steve Allen with you until 6.30. 6.30. And uh, it's all those people who normally get up at this time of the morning or are still sort of in the, in the, the land of Nod, sort of waiting for five o'clock when the alarm goes off which is when we were normally here, now you get the, you get the extra hour at the beginning of it, and uh, very nicely, Christo gets to go home a little bit earlier. Uh, the jury come back in again, don't they, today, in the Stephen Lawrence uh, trial, and you'll hear about that a little bit later on this morning. Nick Ferrari's back as well today. Uh, and Eddie tells me that 16 RPM, actually 16 and two-thirds RPM records were used in radio stations because one side could hold a long programme, such as one hour. In America, they'd often announce this programme is transcribed and a recorded version would then be played for the West Coast three hours later. When I was in Vienna, we used to get a guy called Casey Kasem. And Casey Kasem uh, was a bit of a legend in America. And he used to do Casey Kasem's Top 40. I think eventually it went on to do it on the television. But he must be about 80. And his stuff used to arrive in on vinyl. It came in on vinyl and we would just play the discs. So there's obviously a way of, of just duplicating these things and sending out to all the radio stations that subscribed. But it just, just reminded me then. So that's why. So the slower it ran, the more stuff you could get on there. Except, of course, if you were running KTEL, because the KTEL records that came out, and many of you will probably have them, when they brought out the albums of all the hits, uh, they, they managed to cram on so many because they, they just... They, I think there must have been something like 20 aside on an album. There must have been about 20 aside because it tried to cue them up. You know, if it was the third track, if you were a DJ and the, the, the level was much lower than everything else, it was impossible to cue these things up. They were, they were an absolute nightmare because the, the tracks were so close together. So you sort of put it on, you think, oh, I've missed it again. And, and you, you try desperately to get these right. So it did exist, Eddie says, 16 and two-thirds RPM. Because I know that on the record players... It was 33 and a third, and it went up to 78. So it was 45, 33 and a third, 
and 78, but I think on some of them it had this 16 on there as well. Very interesting, isn't it? And uh, the worst sum record, says Colin, uh, made that worked at 16 and two-thirds, but they were not manufactured for long as they never caught on, probably because they were originally and primarily intended for use in Chrysler vehicles. Chrysler vehicles? What on earth for? How strange. He says, you now come on at 11pm in Canada, as opposed to 12pm. He says, so that's good, he said. Makes it much easier to listen to the entire show without staying up past 2am. I love that, actually. I love that. Mark is in uh, Manchester. He says, I'm thrilled that Alicia Dixon has got a job on the Britain's Got Talent panel. I'm a fan. We'll talk about that on the the special podcast, uh, which is going out a little bit later on today. So there'll be two podcasts. There'll be the show podcast and then Steve Allen's little extra bit. Which is, uh, which is about 20 minutes, which will be on all the bits that we didn't actually manage to sort of weave in uh, to the programme, like Alicia Dixon, like Celebrity Big Brother. Yes, sadly, that's back again. And, uh, and Cheryl Cole in talks to host her own late-night chat show. Who on earth would be remotely interested in that? I cannot imagine. I don't want to be rude to the girl, because I'm sure she's absolutely lovely, but not as a chat show host. She tried. I'm sure it was tried before. In the back of my mind, I'm sure there is, there is a bit about... Her doing a chat show, and I can't remember whether it was her or whether it was perhaps part of my nightmares that I was having. You know, when you get these dreams and you think, oh, oh, Cheryl Cole hosting chat show. But I'm pretty certain. Plus, we'll do you the lineup a little bit later on of the Dancing on Ice. Uh, Jennifer uh, Ellison is on there. They say here, after shedding five stone, that's over about 500 years, ladies and gentlemen. Don't believe she, had, she was five stone heavier this time last year because she wasn't. Okay, very, very misleading. Very, very misleading. And Sarah Harding, troubled, emotional. What is it with people in groups nowadays that they can't hold their life together? I never quite understand what it is that there are certain people who who, who go off the rails, and they're they're people that you see out uh, all the time. They they court publicity. They they literally try and court the media. They play up to it. They call themselves actresses. They're, you know, their their acting is feeble to say the least. I was watching some of the early Harry Potters on the television over the last few days, and the the, the acting of some of the young members of the cast is pitiful. I mean, it really is pitiful. You know, it's almost as wooden as reading a line like this and seeing what is going to happen to us, Harry. And you think it's just awful. It's only when they grow up a little bit, you can kind of gloss over it. But when you read about people, I mean, in, 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 in the case of Sarah Harding and her bust-up with this bloke, her mystery boyfriend called Theo, you begin to wonder, I mean, you know, she's the one who's been in and out of rehab. You know, she's the one who actually goes in and out of rehab. She's actually the one who has had, you know, emotional problems, and that's and that's the the difference, isn't it? Really, that's the difference. Is that perhaps she can't handle life, and yet she's she's thirty. You know, she's no um, she's no sort of spring chicken at all. I'm afraid, but she's she's been around. She says um, she when when she went to her Buckinghamshire mansion, they always call them mansions, don't they? Which is actually great. And uh, but, but they're never mansions at all. Mansions are like you know mansions. They look like Buckingham Palace. And you've got this uh, this sort of woman going back to it and then using four-letter words to the person who asked about anything. You, you, you sort of think, um, you think perhaps she needs to go back into rehab again because perhaps she can't cope with life. Some people don't, don't deal with it very well. Some people, you know, are very lonely. And I suspect she's probably one of those. Um, she's been dating this man since December, secretly. So, you know, had it gone on any longer, they'd have been selling the story and the picture rights and all the other things. And then she rang him 
Uh, then she called her friend Tom, who she was engaged to, and she was in hysterics. I've seen it a million times with people, but I just don't understand why some people go through it and some people are, are quite happy with things. You know, their, their, their life is very easygoing. I can't imagine why you'd have these emotional bust-ups and break-ups. Perhaps it's because she's not working. And I think if you're not working and, and your career, as, as in the case here, is, isn't really going anywhere... You know, it, it makes me laugh because they say girls allowed bandmates, Cheryl Cole, Kimberly Walsh, Nicola Roberts and Nadine Cole are set to rally round the singer. Why can't she? She's 30. She's not a 12 year old. Why can't she sort her own life out? Everybody else manages it. Come on, Sarah, pull yourself together, for goodness sake. And he could say, why don't you go home to your parents? There you go. You see, that's a great answer. Best answer I've come up with, I think, actually. Go home to your mummy and daddy and stay there. You don't need to sort of, you know, play your life out in the media because it's a bit dull. And uh, they say pop babe. She hasn't sung for donkey's years. Hasn't sung for ages and ages. So you do worry about them because, you, you, you know, I'm sure that she's very sweet. She's very charming. But quite clearly she can't handle life. And we saw it. There was another model, wasn't there? Another one who kept having a breakdown. But hers, hers was due to, to drugs. And she had these emotional outbursts. And in the end, I would say, you want to do drugs? Do as many drugs as you like. I couldn't care less. Just, you know, take yourself out of the equation because you're the only one that can stop. You have to want to stop doing the drugs. You have to want to watch your addiction. And then Christo was talking about denial. People are in denial. People are in denial about their, their medicine. People are in denial about, he said, sexuality. People are in denial about relationships. You know if a relationship's gone off the boil, don't you? You know if it's finished. You know if you've actually got a relationship and you think, I'm just cl- we're just clinging on to this one. I was on the bus yesterday, coming back from Kingston, and there was a couple sitting next to me. And she was quite clearly into him a lot more than he was into her. And she's doing the... And she, but she's holding her conversations in a loud voice, going, so, so shall I see you later? And he's going, yeah, I'm going to go to the pub. Why do you need to go to the pub? Why do you need to go to the pub? She's going in a loud voice so that the entire bus can hear. And then she sort of puts her arm on his shirt. And she's doing this. And I'm thinking, if I was him, I'd be thinking... I think, in fact, I nearly leant over and went, doomed this relationship, isn't it? She's too clingy. She, too, she was a bit girly-girly. You know, she was a little bit too... And he's sort of sitting there and she's going, oh, I do love you. But why, 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 why do you need to see all these, these friends? And he's went, well, she's coming back from Australia. And she'll be there in five minutes. So how long will you be? Shall I come and meet you there? Will you, will you come and meet me back at home? I'm thinking, oh, God. And then when she went down the stairs, she went, love you. And I'm thinking, I was nearly sick at that moment. These sort of displays of affection which you get from people on the bus. But I did think, he must be sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I've got the drippy one. I've got the drippy one. I was secretly hoping that they weren't actually married, because if they were thinking about getting married, I'd have said, to, "Don't please, please don't bother. It'll be like a lot of these showbiz marriages. They don't last but five minutes. And the reason they don't last but five minutes is because all these people play their lives out in front of everybody else. All these... That's why, you know, Jordan's never going to have a good relationship. Peter Andre will never have a decent relationship because Peter Andre plays Peter Andre. He can't, he can't do anything else. Also, he's in love with his children, so what can you do? You know, he loves his children very much indeed so that he puts them on as many TV programmes and magazine covers as he possibly can because that's lovely and that's what parents should do until they grow up old enough to discover the word lawyer and then they decide that they don't want to feature in magazines anymore and Daddy's got to make it by himself. And, and that's why it's, it's, it's impossible for him to have a relationship because he plays everything out in the media. If you play it all out in the media, then you're, you're kind of a bit stuck. The, there is nowhere that you can go to because everywhere you go, the press are expecting another, another exclusive. Oh, Peter, you've got a new girlfriend. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Well, you know, you must talk about it because you've talked about everything else in your life. So we'd like you to talk about your new girl. Who is your new girlfriend? Oh, she's with the agent. 
And that's how it works, isn't it, nowadays? I mean, I mean, the poor, poor bloke, you know, strangely enough, is, is sort of not able to actually have a normal life. And, and if you haven't got a normal life, then you're never going to get a normal relationship. Because anybody that goes out with Peter Andre is going to know exactly who he is, or anybody famous. And at some point, I remember somebody saying to me, who was that one in the Spice Girl? Jerry. Jerry was sort of in the Spice Girls. And somebody said she'll never have a proper relationship because she's a bit needy. You know, you get people who are, who are needy. And if they're needy, it means that it doesn't, doesn't quite work the same way. It's, it's more, more difficult to have a relationship. And not just have the relationship, but then can you imagine you start going out with somebody like Peter Andre. Within five minutes, you've been papped. After that, you then have to, uh, you then have to sort of go and, and do an OK photo shoot. Then after that, you have to do something else. And you start thinking to yourself, you know, is this relationship worth it? Because it then becomes very stressful. And if the relationship becomes very stressful, it, it puts unnecessary stress and then it doesn't last. And that's the problem. So all of these people in show business or the, the business called show who play their lives out in front of reality programmes. That's why somebody like Kerry Katona will never have a, a meaningful relationship because they're always looking for an opportunity to exploit it and sell it. So every person she's ever been out with, next thing, they, they parade them. This is, I remember seeing, I've got magazine covers from OK. Peter, Peter Andre and Kerry Katona. This is love. This is the person I've waited for. No, no, no. That was the agent you both had pushing you together. And so having this sort of... I hope Claire's relationship's all right, because she's managed to keep it together, I'm assuming. But that, that's why it's, it's terribly difficult. It's terribly difficult for anybody in the business, and that's why when you read about the Frank Lampards and the Hi-ya! Christine Bleakley and people like that, they, they, they tend to play them out in the media. And, and it's, it's a bit sad. You're going to discover that with Celebrity Big Brother, a bigger bunch of non-entities you'd be hard-pushed to find, I should imagine. Uh, and Alicia... And also we'll find out about your banks a little bit later. On FM, online and digital radio, London's biggest conversation. This is LBC 97.3. It's five o'clock. Good morning, I'm Sam Pittis. Commuters and union members at a protest against a rise in rail fare prices at St Pancras Station this morning. Almost 6% came into effect yesterday, but today's the first working day of the year for many. Some season tickets are going up by 11%. The government insists fare rises are necessary to maintain rail infrastructure. David Sidebottom from Passenger Focus isn't convinced. the cost of their season ticket. I think government should be looking very hard at the, at the actual fare and ticketing structure, making it more flexible for people and how they can pay for their season tickets. Commuters who drive into London are struggling with the cost of fuel as sales of petrol are expected to continue to fall. The AA says sales fell drastically in the first nine months of 2011 compared to the same period in the previous year. A billion litres less was sold in the first three quarters of the last year compared with 2010. Paul Waters from the AA says the price of fuel is hitting the poorest hardest. It is increasingly becoming motoring for the rich and harder motoring for the poor. And that is a very um, difficult problem for families and people in rural areas, particularly who depend on their cars. An investigation's underway after human remains were found in Woodland on the Queen's estate in Norfolk on New Year's Day. Detectives from Norfolk Constabulary were alerted to the discovery by a member of the public at Anmer on the royal family's Sandringham estate. The area was sealed off and a detailed search was being carried out yesterday. 
It's emerged a voice was heard pleading for mercy before a young mother was kidnapped from her home and killed in East London. 20-year-old Kirsty Trelaw was abducted shortly after seven yesterday morning. She was later found stabbed in an abandoned car in Ryder Mews. Neighbours said they heard a hysterical scream come from the property in Homerton where two other people were injured. Police are still searching for the suspect but believe it to be a domestic incident. Officers have charged two males with grievous bodily harm after a stabbing on Boxing Day at the junction of Oxford Street and Regent Street. The 21-year-old victim was stabbed in the leg. It comes as officers appeal for information after an 18-year-old boy was killed in a separate attack on Oxford Street on Boxing Day. A £200 million package to help Britain's most troubled families is being unveiled by the government. The outreach programme will be delivered by a mixture of public, private and voluntary organisations. It'll focus on families with at least one member on benefits and help 120,000 of the most dysfunctional households in the country. Boris Johnson's being accused of failing to warn Londoners about the city's environmental health implications. That's according to the advisory body Clean Air in London. It suggests too many deaths are being attributed to it, and he's taking a backward step on the issue. From this morning, larger vans and minibuses will have to meet low emission zone standards for the first time. Sport and Chelsea are up to fourth in the Premier League again after a 2-1 win at Wolves. Fulham beat Arsenal by the same score at Craven Cottage last night, and QPR went down 2-1 at Norwich. London's weather, the sun rising, six minutes past eight, very windy with heavy rain to start, clearing with just a few showers and sunny spells later, 12 degrees the maximum temperature and 10 Celsius right now in Hyde Park. This is LBC 97.3, it's three minutes past five. LBC. Thank you, Sam. Four minutes. No, it's not. It's still three minutes past five. I do beg your pardon. I can't even read clocks at this time of the morning. Uh, Steve says, Alistair, my bank charged me £100 a week for sending four computer-generated letters. When I went overdrawn, they also wait a week before sending a letter, so the damage is done before I know it. That's, that's the trouble. I love the, um, the fact... I remember years and years ago, I got into trouble with a, with a Visa card. And, and I think I'd... What I'd done is... That's right, I hadn't paid the minimum payment, because I was going through a particularly particularly bad financial period, as, as indeed many of you probably experienced in the past. And, and it, it got to the stage where I, I'd missed a payment, so I hadn't sent it off. So they write to you, bearing in mind, I think I owed something like 1700 It wasn't that, it was something around that. And so I should have sent them £32, I didn't. So they write to you saying, uh, you missed this payment, so we want all of it. And you think, well, if you didn't get £36, you're certainly not going to be getting 1700 are you? Don't be so silly. So, of course, you phone them up and that's what they want. They want the contact, because nobody ever... Nobody ever contacts building societies or banks or because we're terrified. The moment you get the letter from the bank and you know it's a letter from the bank manager, you know, because it just looks like one of those official letters. And you, and you sort of think, perhaps, perhaps I could steam it open, have, have, just have a quick look and then put it back inside and pretend that I never, I never got the blooming thing. Because we're talking this morning about banks. This is after the co-op has said they're scrapping interest r- uh, charges on agreed overdrafts uh, for the next three months. However... When you finally read into it, they're not doing you such a big favour. This applies to agreed formal overdrafts, where a customer has requested an overdraft service in advance, and that's been agreed. Uh, bearing in mind, the bank charges you 20 quid to set this up or renew it. So it's, it's, I don't know why, they've just got to push a few buttons. I don't quite understand why an overdraft facility costs money. I don't understand why they charge £20 to actually put it together. All they've got to do is they go onto the computer and they go like that. And then it goes, there you go, you've got an agreed overdraft facility for three months. Uh, this excludes cash minder and student accounts, so you're, you're definitely being overlooked. Business banking and corporate banking. So this free 
overdraft period covers debit balances from Jan the 5th to April the 4th inclusive, and any accounts still overdrawn after that date will revert to the usual charges. So, in fact, it's, it's just a bit of PR puff, really, because most of you will miss out on these things, which is a shame. Uh, how come the banks get an APR of 0.5% from the government, says Colin, but then charge 29.9% on credit cards? Legalised robbery. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I could never understand. You would look at, say, Visa, and I can't remember what theirs was, but one of the, one of the big high street ones was Comet. And I think they were something like 38% when the rate of inflation was 6%. And somebody said, well, how can they be so expensive? And the answer is they're appealing to a particular market. And the market is for people who, who need that money. And so it's the people who need it the most who pay the most. People who don't need it don't, don't pay anything at all. Gary in Chigwell, he says, I'm here with you since 0400 albeit under the duvet. Very blustery today. It's going to be very windy today, I have to tell you, as just as you all get back. And I guarantee I will get home and I will see people going to the station. There was a bloke yesterday. Now, how cold was yesterday? Yesterday was cold. There's a bloke walking through Kingston with his wife. Admittedly, she had enough fat to keep them both warm on her. And he was wearing shorts and sandals. Shorts and sandals and a T-shirt. I mean... Everybody's got their scarves, their, you know, everything on. And everybody's looking at him thinking, you have to be the dumbest person we've ever seen. I've never seen anybody in this cold weather, apart from when we went to uh, the Arctic Circle. And there was a man who turned up on the flight wearing sandals and no socks. And they're knee deep in snow. And he's got a Mac with him. A Mac. It was, and when I say a Mac, I don't mean a computer. A Mac. It was it was minus 20 degrees, and he's got a Mac on. And the kids looked at him, and I looked at him, and everybody looked at him thinking, you're quite clearly as mad as a brush, aren't you? Mad as a brush, poor soul. Uh, so we're talking about your banks this morning, and whether or not you think you get good value. Good value from your banks. Do you deal with your banks? Do you, do you, does your bank correspond with you? 0845 6060 973. And as Vinyl makes a welcome return, in fact, now... Vinyl is actually doing better than CDs, mainly, I think, because people are downloading CDs from the internet. They go to iTunes and they see the CD. Because what I, what I tend to do is I tend to go out. I didn't realise, because uh, the other day I was going home, and, uh, strange enough, it, the power of advertising, which I'm, I'm very much in tune with, and I see this big advert for Phantom of the Opera, and it was the Phantom of the Opera that they did at the Royal Albert Hall, and it's out on DVD, so I ordered it immediately because I've got the Les Miserables, all the different versions of that, and I wanted the Phantom of the Opera, because I heard about it, but I didn't go. And I believe, I think the Feldman family went. I think they, they went to that. And somebody said to me, it's really good, so you, so you have to get that. So as CD disappears and vinyl takes over, what was the last CD you bought? And dogs. Rescue dogs. Have you got a rescue dog or cat? Was it easy to get a rescue dog or cat. The only reason I ask is because one couple are in the paper today. They lost their, their dog, so they go quite naturally to a rescue centre to see if they can just pick up a dog, I suppose, like picking up a bag of chips or something. And, and they vet people now. They don't want, you know, if, if, if you've got a troubled dog or cat, they want to make sure that it's fine and it's going to be fine. They don't want it back again. The whole idea is it's, it's, it's not a rescue service just to trade them back in and out when you feel you don't want it anymore and you want to try something else. They want that dog to go to you and they want it to stay with you. That's the whole idea. Otherwise, dogs get very disorientated. So if you've, if you've been to a rescue centre, especially over Christmas, because now is the time, isn't it? I was speaking to somebody yesterday and she's thinking of getting 
a couple of uh, a couple of cats, but she doesn't want to turn into one of those ladies what has cats. You know, I'm I'm just here with my cats and I look after them. And I said, well, I've got a friend who has cats as well, and they've taken over her life. I mean, absolutely taken over. She loves them, loves them to pieces. In fact, she calls them her, her babies. In fact, she sent me a text the other day saying, I can't wait to get back home to see my babies because she loves them and they provided endless amusement for her. And this lady that I know who's thinking of getting cats is thinking of going to a rescue centre to go and see if it's, if it's that easy. I think she's seen them already. I think one of them's got a bloke's name. She thinks that's quite... Fun. I thought it was quite funny too. A cat with a bloke's name. It just, I mean, it just seems odd. You know, it's like calling a cat Brian or... Eugene or something. I don't know. Just very funny name. So if, if you have a rescue dog or a rescue cat or you're thinking of going or you've been, what was the experience like? Do let me know. 0845 973 Because there must be loads of people out there who say, well, I've, I've had a rescue dog for ages. On the other hand, there's loads of dogs sitting in places right now who are actually looking for somebody to come and rescue them because they don't want to sit in a kennel. It's nice to have a chat to their friends. But to be honest with you, they uh, they actually don't they don't want to sit there. They want to go out and they want to they want to be dogs. They want to do do what what dogs do, and that's be with with a family. Yes, Bob in Wandsworth, uh, it's the norm four till six thirty. Okay, and uh, yes, the LBC website is, is playing catch up with itself. I'm afraid he says uh, as for Cheryl Cole doing a TV chat show, maybe you could train her up to be successful. I don't think so. Why is it that people think? If, if their career isn't going anywhere, I know, I'll do a chat show. As, as if it was the easiest thing in the world. How many chat shows have we seen that fail miserably? They come on the television and, and I think, who had one? Uh, there was that, I uh, oh, can't remember her name now. Vanessa, F- well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, her, she had a chat show. It died. It died because, you know, the formula has been done to death. The only good chat show people are the people who just do the big names. The people like, you know, Parky, I suppose, springs to mind and uh, Jonathan Ross, and, uh, and then, there's, then there's the daytime chat shows. I, I put them in a different category, the daytime chat shows. I thought Paul O'Grady was very good, but he's now, he now just does animals at home. He doesn't do anything at all. He has what can only be described as a menagerie. He has everything. Animals wander in and out of the house, and he loves that life. He's made so much money from television, he's decided that he's, he's put it into his house, and he's put it into the animals, and he's quite happy. He's quite happy with things, and, and you can be quite happy. But if, you, if you've had a rescue dog, or you've tried to get a rescue dog, and you've been beaten back, I'd love to hear from you. 0845 973 Morning, Pat. Oh, good morning to you. So it's interesting that the, there's this lady in the mirror, and she goes to try and get... Sorry, in the, in the Daily Mail. She tries to get a rescue dog, and she says it's incredibly difficult. Yes, and so it should be. Right. So it should be, Steve, because taking on a dog, I've... Uh, my last, uh, I'm on my seventh Labrador now. The last four have uh, <clears throat> have all come from the rescue centre, from Labrador Rescue, mm. because you can't just have a dog, first of all, and hope that it'll train itself, and also, you have, it's a big responsibility. Mm. And whereas you used to be able to go along, I think, and just choose a dog, uh, how do you know whether the, they want to know what sort of home are you going to offer? I mean, Labrador Rescue, they say, you must not be able, you must uh, promise not to leave your dog more than four hours a day. Mm. And there are still people that have dogs, not rescues, and go out in the morning at seven and don't get back till seven at night. Mm. Mm. Well, that's no way to have a dog. It's a big responsibility. So 
really to have somebody come back to your home <clears throat> and uh, see what sort of facilities have you got. Is it all fenced in? Um, uh, are you? How many people are going to be there? Is the dog ever going to be on its own? Uh, all those sorts of things. So really, that would have been a good rescue centre she went to. I do know somebody uh, that lives near here where they just went to some rescue centre and they just came away with a puppy. Mm. Well, that's no way because, fortunately, they're good people. But I've seen, uh, sadly, uh, last week, I don't know whether it's a rescue puppy, somebody walking a little puppy um, in the cold. And that little puppy was shivering. And mm. I, had to, I stopped the gentleman and I said, look, I hope you don't mind them interfering. But that little puppy... Uh, how old? About three months, I said. He said, yes. I said, if that gets too cold, it's going to die of pneumonia. Mm. So, And I said, and anyway, puppies should never be walked uh, longer than three, uh, than uh, 15 minutes a day until their little legs get strong. Yes. I spoke very, very tactfully. He said, well, what should I do? I said, wrap it up and stick it in your jacket and take it home, mm. which he did. Which, but, which uh, actually, uh, Pat, I've got to leave it there, but, th- but thank you for that, because that's very helpful. And it, it's, it's kind of put this in context. You're right, I see people out there with little puppies in this cold weather. They're not designed for going out in the cold weather. They're little tiny things. You've got to wrap them up and you've got to look after them. So what you gave was the best advice ever, because they can catch pneumonia. Now I'm looking at this article by this woman called Shona Seabury, and I'm thinking to myself... You shouldn't be moaning because what they're doing is making sure that these puppies, that these dogs that you've taken, are going to exactly the right home. Morning, 19 minutes past five. Uh, Kevin says, I still have all my 1970 punk rock singles. We're talking about the, uh, the rise in vinyl people are now buying. Vi- it's amazing, isn't it, really? But he says, because I'm a, a record collector... Uh, and I occasionally look in the back of record collector magazines to value them. And I'm shocked by the prices. I bought them because as a teenager, I love the music, not as an investment. They're still special. They, it's, I mean, really, if you'd bought two copies of everything, if you'd bought certain records, things by the Sex Pistols, you know, which, which, uh, which would be a very, very good investment and a lot of the, uh, the stuff that came out then. There's all sorts of places that buy vinyl. And uh, we've had Beano's we used to use on the programme for years. Uh, David Lashmar from Beano's in Croydon. I think they're still online, actually. I think they're still online. I think. Don't, don't, don't take that as gospel. Just go and check it out. And, um, and they used to buy vinyl. But c- people used to phone up and say, oh, I've got this record by the, you know, something obscure that they, they'd found. Uh, and he'd go to me. They haven't actually got it. He said, they're very rare, though. It's very rare. And people would phone up and swear blind they had these things. So it's the, uh, it's, it, it's the, it's the, the stuff that you collect. As Geoffrey Archer said, collect because you like something, not because you think it's going to go up in value. Unless, of course, you're very, very rich and you're buying sort of, you know, all these sort of super pictures and all the rest of it. And uh, to all the Facebookers, good morning. And, uh, and Sally in West Drayton says, I'm one, of the, uh, I'm one of the gang. Heard your comments on vinyl. For Christmas, my hubby bought me a replica of an old record player, but with the facility to copy them to the computer via USB. I know how much he paid for that. I know how much he paid. So over the weekend, all of the old records are brought down and taken out of storage from the loft. Can't wait to rediscover the old sounds last heard many years ago. It's a long project, but an enjoyable one. The one thing I had when I used to uh, DJ, I used to have vinyl records because we didn't have anything else. And you had to make sure you didn't leave them on the back seat of the car. And in fact, that was my first experience of theft. I was doing a pub gig uh, on the Harrow Road at a place called the Windsor Castle. 
And I used to work there lunchtimes, working with strippers and topless dancers. And I was sort of, I was the bit that nobody really cared about, because I wasn't stripping or, or topless dancing. And, um, and I used to play records, and then after I did the gig, I would put the records back in the car, my little old car, and then I would go and have a drink at the bar and then toddle off. And I went out this particular day, and somebody had smashed the back window and taken all my records, so I lost everything. So I always have very bad memories of the Harrow Road and the Windsor Castle, because parked in the little thing next to it, somebody broke in and took all my records, which I thought was mean. But I saw somebody else doing it at another radio station. We were having a cigarette, years ago this was, standing overlooking the road, and uh, some people drove up in a car, smashed the windows of this DJ that I knew, and took his entire record collection, his passport, everything. He'd only just got back from a gig abroad. 0845 973 So uh, if you're up early this morning... So we're talking about banks, your good experiences with banks, your bad experiences with banks, whether you've been with your bank for a long time. Because I don't think people change. I think people stay with, with their banks for a, a long, long time. A long, long time. And um, and so I, I actually think that's that's actually quite a good thing, or, or not, as the case may be. Because <laughs> then they get to know you, they know how you, how you operate. But the more, going back to this uh, adopting dogs from rescue centres, the more I read this article by Shona Seabury, the more I think to myself, you quite clearly know nothing about dogs at all. She says it must have been easier for, for Madonna to adopt David and Mercy from Malawi than it, we did for our two puppies. Because what she did, and as you heard from Pat a moment ago, and, and, and Shona has moaned throughout this article, because they want to make sure that somebody's going to take... Do- I mean, they live in rented accommodation. They wanted to come round, and when they went in there, they actually wanted to find out about the children, who's in the family. Because they give it... She says, for goodness sake, she said, they're only mutts, not children. I don't think you've got the right idea, actually, Shona. I think you're just looking for them for company. I think, to be honest with you, at the moment she doesn't legally own them because they're, they're, if, if she breaks the terms of the condition, all sorts of things. They had, to be, they had to get a letter from their local vet. They had to do all sorts of things, which, in fact, is absolutely right. The fact you've moaned about it says to me these dogs shouldn't have been given to you. This is, this is due process. These are two dogs who are in a rescue centre. She probably thought you just waltz in there and they give you two dogs and you waltz out again. And it doesn't happen like that, as, as you know. You go and they vet you. If you go to Battersea Cat and Dog's home, you pay for the privilege of taking an animal away. They want to vet you. In fact, at one point, the children ha- had to go and meet the dogs. Which is quite right. You don't just bring dogs into a... The, the dogs might have not taken to the children or so. It could have been a total disaster. She failed to understand any of this. She says here... Um, Hurdle number two was that every member of the family had to visit Albus at the centre 70 miles away, not just once or twice, but several times for bonding purposes before they would release the puppy. It's obviously a very sensible place. She says, this involves several expensive train journeys for all of us, and of course on each occasion I had to find childcare for the toddler who didn't exist. It was during one of these visits we fell in love with another stray, Juno, a husky cross-pointer, but having lied once because they, they, they told lies. I mean, to be honest with you, and having written about it, I'd come and take the dogs away, I'm afraid, Shona. I really think so. I think it's, it's terrible that you've pulled apart these people who work in these homes who want to make sure that dogs go to the right place. Not just somebody who loves a dog. That's not my, Listen, I've, I know Crufts... Crufts? Vets. Crufts breeders... Crufts, you know, judges and things like that, who abuse animals. So just because you go, we want to look after a dog, doesn't necessarily make you a good dog owner. You know, they want to vet you and make sure 
Not that just somebody wants to go and, oh, we'll have that one, we like the look of that one and that one there. Because, frankly, reading this article, it's, it's a bit of a shame. I, I don't think they vetted you properly. They'll be reading this one with great interest. Great interest. And she says, uh, oh, and of course, we still needed to pay £120 per dog for the privilege of this grilling. Well, quite rightly so. I don't know what you're complaining about on this. I really, really think that, that you know, you should re-look at this thing because you've come over as, as not the right sort of person to actually look after dogs at all. This is a vetting process. It's like adopting children. You go there, they want to, they're not just going to hand children over to you. I don't know. Friends of ours, Steve, live in an eight-bedroom manor house set in nine acres of land, of which two acres of woodland. Cats protectionally turned them down. They said the house was too big and would confuse the cats. Seems fair enough. If the cats... Listen, if they're the experts... They're the experts. They, they decide whether or not, you know, you should, you should have pets. And to be honest with you, if you've got eight, two acres of woodland and an eight-bedroom manor house, I mean, then that's their decision. Might be somebody else who'll just... Put this way, there are sort of, you know, puppy breeders and cat breeders who'll flog you in it. They couldn't care less. As long as you've got the money, they'll, they'll sell you the dog. But do remember, if it's a little dog, as Pat says, and it goes out in this weather and it's very cold out there, they can catch pneumonia. You just think they're dogs, don't you? They just walk around. Not like that. Steve, I had my first savings account at eight. Worked for the same bank for... F- you can't have a savings account at eight, can you? Didn't think you could. Same bank for 15 years. Got my mortgage. When 30 f- 34 years on, I'm still with them. Which is good. Nick says, you've now got me in trouble, Steve, with the other half. Normally get up with you at five. Heard you thought I'd overslept. Jump out of bed. Said all sorts fly. Woke her up. Got a mouthful in the doghouse. There you go, you see. It's, it's not good. Dan says, I love my rescue dog. Loads of uh, checks, and rightly so. So, still, the, the Jack Russell is lovely. Is it sponge? Not seriously called a dog sponge. Tell me not called a dog sponge. But uh, there the should be checks. But when you read this woman's article, she quite clearly thought she was just walking in because they'd lost a dog and somebody had hand two over. And they don't. They wanted her to go round there. And she says, let's not forget, we're talking about a dog, not a child. We were clearly a nice middle-class family trying to do the right thing by giving not one, but two strays a loving future with our family. I don't see it like that, I'm afraid. I've read this article. I don't see it like that, Shona. I'm terribly sorry, but I think you have to go through this vetting process. And for you to complain about them afterwards, I think, is, is shameful. Absolutely shameful. They're doing their best to make sure that two dogs, and all you've done is kick them in the pants. Are we too quick? To commit to pets, now we go, oh, I've lost a dog. Have to get another dog quickly. Get a budgie. Get two cats. Two cats are nice. But can you look after two cats? You know, do you have enough time? If, if, if you've got a dog, as, as Pat said, they want to make sure you're going to spend enough time with the dog for, for the period that it's with you, because they're with you for ages and ages. So, you know, I think her article is wrong. Very, very wrong. She assumed Rescue Centre. So she's written this bitching article. You know, it's just, that's the only way I can describe it, I'm afraid. So if you've got experience of a rescue dog, or cat, shouldn't ever exclude cat, you can probably rescue other things, can't you? Budgies, uh, budgie rescue centre, I don't know. Should dog homes be very strict about who gets the dog, or do we just hand them out to people? Because you've seen people mistreating animals, and it's it's absolutely awful, I'm afraid. So uh, do let me know, 0845 6060 973. And uh, banks... What's your biggest problem with your bank? What is the biggest problem that you've got? Or are your bank really, really good? And CDs or vinyl? We've heard from lots of people who collect vinyl. CDs sales are on the decrease. And the reason is, apparently, that you can download it now. Well, most of you have managed to download. 
You seem to manage to uh, to download stuff on the LBC website, which is always good news, which is lbc.co.uk. And on there you can find everything about the podcasting. And the podcasting is whereas if you've heard a programme and you want to listen back to it, Facebookers, then you podcast. But from today there's an extra podcast on the LBC website, and that's Steve Allen's Little Extra. We haven't quite decided what we're calling it. I'm just calling it Steve Allen's Little Extra Bit. I wasn't sure whether it made me sound somewhat sad or not, but anyway, it'll be, it'll be there, available for you a little bit later on today. It'll be, uh, it'll be slightly tongue-in-cheek. I mean, it's not rude or anything like that. It's, you know, it's suitable for all ages, you know, 9 to 90, as they say in the business. So uh, we'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. And, uh, but I'd love your thoughts on rescue pets, on whether or not you know, it's right to do all the uh, the checks with people, or whether we should just hand over dogs because we've got so many of them. 0845 973 And if you read your stars every day, do you believe them? Do tell us here. Sam Pitters has the news next on LBC 97.3, because the time now is 5.30. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Police are searching for a man after a young mother was kidnapped and killed in Homerton. Neighbours have reported hearing a scream from a house before 20-year-old Kirsty Trelaw was abducted yesterday morning. Two other people were injured. Protests are to be held this morning against a rise in rail fare prices. Increases of an average of almost 6% came into effect yesterday, but today's the first working day of the year for many. These people at Charing Cross have told LBC 97.3 it's becoming more and more difficult to afford the cost. Prices go up and up and up. Wages only go up a certain amount, but I don't know, there should be some sort of system in place like, just, to, just to help people who ain't got, got that much money to get, to get trains in it. I spend thousands every year and get nothing different every year. So there we go. Not too happy, but not much I can do. There's disruption on the roads for commuters this morning as well. The Hammersmith flyover is to stay closed for the rest of the week. It comes as the AA says sales of petrol are expected to continue to fall as high prices keep drivers away from the pumps. Human remains have been found in Woodland on the royal family's Sandringham estate. Detectives were alerted to the discovery by a member of the public at Amna on New Year's Day. Police investigating the killing of Aaron McCoy in Clerkenwell on New Year's Day have arrested a 22-year-old man on suspicion of murder. Officers were called early on Sunday to reports of a shooting in Port Paul Lane. A third teenager is being questioned over the death of a man following a stabbing at a New Year's Eve party in Luton. An 18-year-old was arrested yesterday in connection with the murder of 42-year-old German national Michael Gefkin. Two other teenagers have been released on bail. London's travel news on the anti-clockwise M25. Only one bore at the Dartford crossing is open as the QE2 bridge needs to close because of strong winds. London's weather at the sun rising, six minutes past eight. Very windy with heavy rain to start, clearing with just a few showers and sunny spells later. A maximum temperature of 12 Celsius and 10 degrees right now in Leicester Square. In finance news this morning, the FTSE will open after closing at 55.72. The government's beginning a second programme to help Britain's most troubled families in as many months. Employment Minister Chris Grayling says £200 million is being spent to help people train, find work and keep a job. The authors of a report on pensions say more needs to be done to bridge the gap between the private and public sectors. A survey of more than 460 employers has found 9 out of 10 have shut their benefit schemes to new entrants. And the Cooperative Bank is giving its customers a New Year's gift. Interest charges on agreed overdrafts have been cancelled for the next three months. A current account holder with a £2,000 overdraft could save £75 in fees over the interest-free period. This is LBC 97.3 at 5.32. LBC 97.3 Business. Thank you, Sam Pitters. 27 minutes to 6 is the time. Don't forget, we finish at 6.30... We finish at 6.30, just so I'd let you know now. New programme, 6.30 to 7 this morning. Uh, Paul says... Are we talking, incident? just in case you're, you're doing catch-up with me? 
just in case you might be listening to this on podcast, it would be a bit bit unusual because we haven't done it yet, but we'll do another one a little bit later on for you. So you get two podcasts now. Uh, so from today, you get the podcast of this programme and then you get Steve Allen's little extra bit. And I still haven't decided what we're calling it. I have no idea. <laughs> the Pussycat Hour or something. I don't know. It'll be exciting. We're talking about dogs in the light of this article written by this lady who lost her her dog. And so the family go out and they go to a rescue centre. And I think she seriously expected, or perhaps she's a, a journalist who was looking for a story to write about, she seriously thought perhaps she went in there and they handed over a jog, a, a, a jog, a dog, and that, and that is it. No, there's a big, big screening process. And she was moaning about it, saying, of course, we had to go back there and had to take the kids and we had to do this and we had to do that. And then we had to pay for the privilege at the end. You think, what are you buying into here? You're buying it. I mean, do you just see it as a mutt or do you see it as a valuable member of the family? Because I, th- I think reading her article, she d- she's, she's really done these people a terrible disservice. All they're doing is trying to make sure that the dogs and the cats go to the best possible home. There's no point in sending them to so they want to vet you. They don't know. She might be some psychotic lunatic. Who knows? They have to go and check. So they want to check with the vet. They want to check the gardeners enclosed so the dogs don't get out. All sorts of things. Paul says, would Louise Mensch who was in the papers today. Louise Mensch is an MP, not a you know, fairly new MP, she's uh, really an author, and she's bemoaning the fact she's not been taken into Cabinet and she keeps getting knocked back. And he said, would that be the same Louise Mensch who cocked her questions up during the Murdoch thing and then turned up on Have I Got News For You a day later, revelling in her five minutes of fame? Taken seriously after that, he says, I think not. And I noticed last night that Channel 4 continued their relentless advertising campaign and decided to celebrate the new year by screening their mainstream shows introduced by other people. We had Alan Carr presenting Location, Location. Uh, And on that subject, Alan show New Year's Eve live or recorded as live? Uh, Live as recorded as live. But you won't get anybody to work because all the technicians cost so much money. He says because it was Marvin from JLS who'd popped the question on his extended Christmas and New Year break, and yet despite being supposedly thousands of miles away, was seen in the studio with the rest of the group. So there you go. And Matt from Manchester... He says, us Northerners are flocking to your programme, being starved of entertainment. Listen, come one, come all. I don't care whether you're from up north or from anywhere at all. I really do not mind. I'm not proud. Uh, Apparently, Eddie says, I've just remembered, 16 and two-thirds on your record uh, thing. You know, when you had a record player and it was 16 and two-thirds and then 45, sorry, 33, 45, 78. Never seemed to use 78. 16 and two-thirds also also used for recordings for the blind. I used to record uh, books for the blind long, long, long time ago. Uh, Steve, uh, hi Steve, from a rainy Patea in Thailand. I uh, I listened to uh, my vinyl forty fives on my original Wurlitzer jukebox. You can still buy them, you know. You can still buy Wurlitzer jukeboxes. We've got a jukebox centre in Twickenham. A juke, you can buy original jukebox. I often thought I'd love a. I would love a jukebox. I've often thought I'd quite like a jukebox. <laughs> Probably, I mean, in, in truth of matter is, you know, it's, uh, it's not going to be very practical at all. So, rescue dogs, banks, good, good or bad experiences with your banks. And also, the other thing I'd like to hear from you this morning on is, uh, is vinyl. Did anybody have, they were talking with, with Christo earlier on about laser discs. And there's apparently a few of us have still got laser discs. I'm not getting rid of them. Even though they were diddly squat, I refuse to get rid of them. I'm going to hang on to them. Derek, good morning. Good morning, Steve. You have a rescue. I have. Uh, I got my dog about 18 months ago. She's a... Right. Uh, sorry? So I said right. Um, yeah, she's... When we, when we got her, she was very, very shy. Uh, very... Um, 
she won't come out at all. She was just, I thought, have we done the right, made the right choice? Mm. But now, I mean, I'm walking her now. Um, <laughs> she's as good as gold. Mm. And Batters- I got her from Battersea, and they actually checked on a couple of months after we received her that she'd come round the house to make sure that everything was fine. But I do so many checks on them. And did did what? you have a problem oh. with with all the all the checks? No, no. Um, they uh, we we was expecting all the checks. We was pretty glad they'd done them actually, because like anyone can go to a dog centre and get a dog. Mm. But the, the ones we the checks they made on us, it was fine. Mm. Um, I mean, we we don't own a own a house, but they. We had to get a letter from the landlord stating that we can actually take a dog. Yeah. Um, and it took about two months before it all got finalised. The family had to go to see the dog, and the dog had to see the family. And they, they just made sure that everything was fine for the dog. Yeah. I mean, it's the third dog we've had. But it's the first one we've got from a rescue centre. It actually works, and you're, and you're quite right. It's a bit windy for you out there, Derek, but they have said today, windy and very wet. So get back in as quick as possible. But it's, uh, it's, it's the vetting process. And, of course, if you don't own your own home, they would have to have a letter from the landlord saying, yes, you can have a dog, because some people, it's written into the leases. I think the leases on where I am, they say, you know, you, you can have a pet... But as long as it doesn't grow to be a nuisance to your neighbours, you've got to be mindful of other people. You don't want some dog barking half half through through the night. I mean, luckily, cats are fairly quiet, aren't they? And um, so I suppose by, by the very nature, it's probably a lot easier to look after. They, they tend to be a bit more independent. But it's, it's a big problem. And the problem is, and the more I read this article in the mail today about the lady who thought that she could waltz in and just pick up a dog, the more I thought to myself, well, you, you know, this is the best thing that they can actually do. And the best thing that they, they actually do is, is vet you, and they make sure that you're the right person to give this dog a home. Because it, it, it has to be. It has to be. You know, you're, you're, you're handing a dog over. Louise mentions the MP, who's condemned the trivialisation of women politicians who are judged on the basis of their appearance. I can't imagine why, Louise, unless, of course, you're judging yourself by your own appearance. You're very average-looking, very average-looking. You've not been overlooked, I shouldn't imagine. They're only going to move people. She's uh, twice married, mother of three... And here she is in GQ magazine wearing, you know, the kind of thing that all her constituents, I suppose, are wearing. £480 Dolce & Gabbana skirts, a silk blouse by Legence at £271. And um, she's, she's uh, sort of saying here that every time there is, pub- uh, there is uh, promotion, she's overlooked. And, and you think, well, there's obviously a reason for it. Perhaps they, perhaps they don't rate you as much. But, you know, the more you bleat on about it, the less chance there is of being, I'm afraid, um, promoted. That's just the way it works, actually. Uh, Lynn says, that woman who's written about owning a rescue dog shouldn't become a dog owner. The article shows she hasn't got a clue on the kind of commitment it takes. Well, she's just saying in there, uh, oh, you know, you'd think we were adopting a child. Well, you practically are. You're taking over the life of an animal that's going to trust you. You know, unless you just think it sits in the corner and you just feed it one end and something comes out the other end. So, I mean, I, I actually... I think they've all done the right thing, and well done to the people who vetted her. Although, when they read this article, they're not going to be so thrilled to discover she lied to them about, uh, about one of the children. She was, she was testing the market, she said, to see how easy it was to get a dog. 
But to be honest with you, I'd, I'd, I'd have them taken back, I'm afraid. <laughs> but that's just me. Colin says, I've asked my credit card company for a daily breakdown of interest for any month and offered to pay for the letter. They say they don't have a system to show it. So a charge turns up each month, month and we have to accept it. I know, it's... it's you know, char- I don't understand them. The, 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 the trick to charges... The trick to charges is don't go into overdraft. If you go into overdraft, you end up paying, I'm afraid. And that's, and that, that's the bad side of it. Daphne, morning. Oh, good morning to you. Um, I'm saving you because I'm so upset about listening to you and how some dogs are treated. Mm. I did, I've done annual rescue before, and we were very, very strict on all the homing we did, mm. whether the rescue or not. Um, we have certain rules. We don't home with children under 14. Oh, right. Never. Why? Right, because, you know, I've had children myself. They take up an awful lot of your time. Yes. You know, they're going perhaps ice skating, music lessons. And, you know, a dog needs a lot of time, actually. Mm. Yes. Oh, it's and a we don't home with people who are out more than three hours a day. Right. Yes, which is what we heard earlier on. I'd, I've never heard of that one before. No. Because, I mean, a rescue dog needs, it's very insecure. Mm. They need you, or, I mean, the dogs I take in, they're allowed to go anywhere over the house. Oh, right. <laughs> they sleep in my bedroom. It doesn't worry me at all. Mm. But they are insecure, and they watch you, they follow you everywhere you go. When they're rescued. So, so what, what you're saying, Daphne, is that they were quite right in these rescue centres to vet 100%, somebody. 100%. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, you, you'll read the article later on today and you'll probably come to the same conclusion as, as I have. You and know, they're she's, not she's been. Nuts. They have feelings exactly like we do. Yes, exactly. But what you're doing is basically adopting something for the rest of its life. But of course you are. And I do. I, I check them and often sometimes twice when mm. I'm vetting. I do not want them shut in the kitchen all day either. No. Which unfortunately happens, doesn't it? Oh, often. I mean, they pack animals, dogs. They want company. Mm. You know, you can stroke them as much as you can, make them secure. Well, there's nothing um, better than a, than, than, than a dog or a cat that's very loyal to you. They'll, they'll follow you to the ends of the earth. Well, well, of course they do. And don't let a rescue dog off the lead for the first day, four weeks in the park. Yeah, and don't because take little got... dogs out in the cold weather. Oh, never, no. All my dogs have coats on. Yeah, yes. But it's like having another child, actually. It's, it's almost They're as demanding, isn't it? Their emotions are far stronger than ours, apparently. Um, it's just, you had, but you know, I could have, say, 15 phone calls, and out of all those phone calls, I might just get two homes. Because, you know, people have no idea about drugs at all. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I, mean, I, I realise now how the system, I mean, I've always known how the system works, because I remember years ago, we actually got a dog from, from Battersea, and we went through this, this vetting process, and, and I, was, I was quite happy with that. Uh, and I have been to Battersea Dogs Home, and in fact, we went down there for their anniversary. So if, uh, if you're a fan, Battersea Cat and Dogs Home, if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, click on Steve Allen, and, uh, and then you'll see our pictures of going around. Ba- lots of little dogs, lots of staffs at the moment. They've got loads of staffs. Can't move for staffs at Battersea. I mean, they must have had about 20 or 30 in when we were down there. So we've got the pictures up on the LBC website, which is, uh, which is nice. So the question is, should, should the homes be so strict about who gets a dog? I mean, unless, you know, unless you really disagree, I'd love to hear from you. 08456060973. And CD or vinyl? That I would love to know about as well. What was the last CD you bought? Or are you a convert to vinyl? It's LBC 97.3. It's uh, Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, quarter to six. <laughs>
Morning, 10 to 6 is the time. With you till 6.30. We start at 4 to 6.30. Extra podcast every day. So you get the normal programme, which you can podcast. And then there'll be Steve Allen's little extra bit, as they say, which will be about uh, about 20 minutes. Uh, Nick Ferrari, back with you this morning. Paper reviewer Tom Watson, Labour MP for West Bromwich East. First day back after the holidays. And, of course, uh, if you're coming into work and you're coming in by rail... There's a huge hike in the in the rail fares. Uh, also, the gun licensing laws Nick will be talking about in the light of the taxi driver who shot dead three women on New Year's Day. This is a man who had a licence to keep six guns, even though he had previously threatened to kill himself. He was licensed to own a small arsenal, despite being investigated three years earlier when officers were tipped off about his mood swings. And yet he was allowed to keep six guns. So he gunned down three women on New Year's Eve. Nick will be looking at that with some firearms experts this morning. And no doubt having his say on the troubled Hammersmith flyover. I think they've lied to us. Because I distinctly remember before Christmas, they were saying, and the statement was put out, they're working on the Hammersmith flyover 24-7. Now it turns out they've done no such thing at all. They're still investigating. This will run for the whole of January. I bet you anything. What, what did they say to us? This would be sorted out by early January. No chance. No chance. I will confidently predict, because I've never seen anybody working on it. I've, never, I've seen people sitting in trucks, staring into the distance with a fag and a cup of coffee. But I've seen nobody working on it whatsoever. Unless, of course, you know differently, in which case 0845 6060 We're talking about banks. We're talking about rescue dogs. We're talking about vinyl. We're talking about banks because um, people are questioning just how much they get from their bank for what they pay in interest charges. And there's all sorts of incentives, you know, interest-free overdraft for three months, and then after three months, if you haven't cleared it off, then you have to pay for the thing. And so it's just a little sweetener to get you to join their particular bank. There's all sorts of deals coming in from the cooperative bank. Uh, The reason we're talking vinyl is because sales of vinyl are up, and sales of CDs are down. Obviously, people like that when you put the needle on the beginning of the thing and try to cue it up. And we're talking about rescue dogs and cats as well. I don't mind broadening it out a bit. In the light of an article in the Daily Mail today by a lady, uh, I'm assuming she's a journalist, I can't think, it wouldn't be just an ordinary person doing it, who lost their dog. They go to a rescue centre and they're put through what she calls it the third degree. The third degree of, you know, we want to come around and see your house. You've got rented accommodation. We need a letter from your landlord. And she, she doesn't like this. She thinks it's easier for Madonna to adopt children from Malawi than it is for her to adopt two dogs, which, which they want to give loving homes to. The trouble is, because of the very fact they're rescue dogs, as you've heard from all the experts so far this morning, they need to be vetted properly. You don't want them going into a home and then coming back out again, because it turns out the family are abusive, or the children. You know, you, they want to make sure they're not going to be left. They really want to check the whole idea. These people are professionals. And what this woman has done in the paper today is literally sort of decry what they do. She says, oh, I understand it. We had to pay 120 for the privilege. And she moans about the fact that they had to take the kids on the train to go and see them, not once, not twice, but more than that. And you think, but that's good. They want to build up a bonding. It's, it's quite a normal thing to do. Is it not, Bridget? Yes, hello, Steve. Morning. Hello, nice to speak to you. Thank you. It's normal to do this, isn't it? Yes, I mean, I must say I've seen this situation from both sides of the fence because, as you probably remember, I have nine dogs of my own, eight of which are from rescue centres. Right. So I've been home vetted myself, uh, not on eight occasions, but I've had, uh, because I've had some from the same place. And I've also, I am a home vetter myself for various rescues. Right. 
So, so, I, so, I so what, can you I remember go... the questions that they asked you before? What were they asking you? Well, I, the, I mean, I, these are the questions I ask people myself. I, I go in and I meet, I meet the family, and they did that when they came here. They came and met us. And um, one of my priorities is to have a look to make sure the property is secure because a rescue dog has often been badly abused and will be very nervous. And if you take it to a house without a garden, you are, and this, this does happen, people let open the door and the dog runs off down the road never to be seen again. Right. Um, so we, we always look at the security of the property. We, we check the children because children, although children love dogs, uh, a very nervous rescue dog being teased by children, it can traumatise them, quite honestly. Mm. Um, all, all the questions are ones which are for the welfare of the dog and also to make sure the dog fits happily into a family. You have to remember that a lot of dogs in these rescue centres have come from very poor situations themselves. And so if they are um, just handed over to anybody, anything can happen. I mean, there are some terrible things that happen to dogs when they're given away free. Mm. Um, you know, dog fighters use them in, for bait dogs, they use them to um, tempt their dogs into fighting. Mm. And so the, the whole point is to make sure that every dog goes to a loving home and isn't put in a worse situation than it was in before. So like this woman in the... In the um, the mail. I shall be reading that article with great interest, and I probably will be firing off a fairly <laughs> rude email to her today. I suspect lots of people. The funny thing is, to me, I know she, she quite clearly likes dogs. But, yeah. but she objects to all these checks and how much it's cost her to do this. And you think, you're investing in, in a dog for the rest of its life. You're, you're giving right. it something better. You don't own your own home. They no. just wanted to make sure that the dog was going to go to the right place. Well, well, to be quite honest, I mean, £120 for a dog. If you go to a breeder, I, I have a couple of Shetland sheep dogs, one of which I bought. Uh, the only dog I've ever bought, I have to say, mm. and they're now seven or eight hundred pounds to buy them from a breeder. So, wow. one hundred and twenty pounds in a rescue centre. The rescue centre will have the dog vaccinated, will have the dog spayed or neutered. They have all the costs of kenneling and feeding. Uh, the, the rescue that I do voluntary work for, they reckon that every dog, the minimum is two hundred and fifty pounds per dog before it goes out to its new home. They charge 120. They ask for a donation, mm. and the they're, they're losing 130 pounds per dog, which they have to raise in donations and fundraising. So how on earth you can say 120 pounds is a lot of money? I do not see. No, I'm, I'm, my blood is boiling. <laughs> <laughs> Your blood is boiling. It not is, at all. Yes. So, to be honest with you, even if it was a thousand pounds, how can you put a price? On a, on a dog. Oh, How I can you say, oh, I think it's only worth 20 quid or something? I quite agree. I, I, there are too many people giving away cheap dogs, and you look on some of these free ads on the internet. Yeah. Um, people just give away their pets, and, and who knows where they're going to, um, to end up. It's a, a subject, as you can tell, I feel very passionately about. And in a way, the fact she's written this article will open up the whole debate, I hope. Yes. And I do hope the rescue she got them from takes them back again. If she's lied about having a child yes. that she hasn't declared, I think that's absolutely terrible. And unfortunately, she then had to keep the lie going by pretending to book a fake babysitter for the non-existent child oh. she claimed to have had. Oh, terrible, isn't it? Well, well you, you, you read the article later and then, then let me know, because you'll probably think the same as me. I mean, I just think it's a shame that, you know, she obviously likes animals, you know, as indeed do lots of people, but they're just going through... As Bridget's pointed out, and Bridget, thank you for that, and everybody else, it's due care and attention for the dog. You don't want the dog to go into a, a potentially dangerous situation. She might be totally genuine. 
We're not saying she's not. What we're saying is they have to do that, that sort of checking. Jan says, James Max had a man on his show. Talk about the flyover. Some of the concrete pillars are hollow and the men are working inside them. Huh. I don't think they are. I don't think people say anything, actually. Uh, and one says, they're working inside the flyover on the steel cable, so you'll not be able to see them. I've not seen, anybody, I've not seen any lorries there. Are they arriving by bus, these people? The last CD I bought, Steve, says Kev, was my own. My son borrowed the last copy of my group's one and only album, a collection of all our recorded stuff put out by Captain Oi Records in 97. I needed a copy as we have reformed to do a few gigs for old times' sake. It's nice, isn't it? And strange enough, James O'Brien has sent me a text. It's just quite normal that James O'Brien sends texts to say that uh, he's in and it's... And it, oh, it's a tweet, is it? Oh, it's a tweet for, for James. Oh, right. Well, they're all over the place here. I've got no idea what these things are. And he's, uh, he, he's looking forward to a cup of coffee. At ten. Good. Uh, Randolph says, I think you're right about the vetting process. I think the people who dress dogs up in clothes and jewellery should have the pet taken off them. Now, that, that's another one. That, that's another one, the actual dressing up bit. Because if it's a little dog, and we do have little dogs, then you have to put coats on them because they feel the cold. Like, we have to put vest and pants on in the morning. You know, little dogs have to put little coats on. And some of them are quite funny. And my, my godchildren's little dog... It's got some little clothes, got a little, a little parker and stuff like that. That's OK, because it's little. It's tiny, tiny, I promise you. If I put a picture up on the website, you'd all be going, oh, so cute. So lovely. But you have to put coats on them because they feel the cold. If they start shivering, then that's it. But, I mean, I don't agree with people who paint dogs' toenails or give them jewellery or sunglasses. Imagine how frightening that must be for a dog. One minute I can see, the next minute, whoop, I've gone blind. You know, it's, it's not much fun, and they do it for, for, for sort of funny... Funny reasons. Uh, Steve, uh, I switched to Santander from Barclays. Just as bad. Messed up my direct debits and returned credit card payments, which will now affect my credit rating. Out the frying pan. And that's why people stay with, with banks, you see. I think that's why people stay with banks, and I think they stay with them for a long while. We'll take a, a short break for the news. We'll have a chat to uh, some more of you the other side of that. We've only got till 6.30, so we'd better get our skates on, as they say. And, uh, Steve, we got our dogs from Dogs Trust. The whole family made three trips to play, walk and bond with her two weeks before we became proud owners. She comes with us everywhere, even to work, says Diane in Rickmansworth. More of your texts and emails here to LBC 97.3 after the latest news with Sam Pittis. It's six o'clock. Good morning, I'm Sam Pittis. A search is underway for a man suspected of killing a 20-year-old woman who was abducted from her home in East London. The body of Kirsty Trelaw was found in an abandoned car after she was abducted in Homerton yesterday morning. This morning, neighbours have reported hearing a voice pleading for mercy before the 20-year-old was taken. Two other people were also injured. It's understood police believe it to be a domestic incident. Protests are planned this morning against the rise in the cost of train tickets. As many people return to work after Christmas, rail fares have gone up by an average of 6%. David Sidebottom from Passenger Focus says many people will struggle to pay the extra cost. A lot of passengers are very angry, the fact that they're seeing this kind of increase, 5.9% on average at a time when their salaries, their wages are not increasing anywhere near the level of inflation. So that's, that's a, bit, a bitter pill for many passengers to swallow this morning. There's disruption on the roads for commuters as well. The Hammersmith flyover is to stay closed for the rest of the week. It comes as the AA says sales of petrol are expected to continue to fall as high prices keep drivers away from the pumps. Police have confirmed that human remains have been found in Woodland on the Royal Family's Sandringham Estate in Norfolk. The discovery was made by a member of the public at Anmer on New Year's Day. The area has been sealed off and a detailed search is being carried out. 
Officers have named three women shot dead at a house in County Durham. 42-year-old Michael Atherton killed his partner Susan McGoldrick, her sister Alison Turnbull and niece Tanya Turnbull before shooting himself in Peter Lee. Jurors in the trial of two men accused of killing Stephen Lawrence are to resume their deliberations this morning after being sent home over the New Year break. 36-year-old Gary Dobson and David Norris, who's 35, both deny murdering the 18-year-old in Eltham in 1993. The Republican contenders for the White House are continuing to campaign for votes, hoping to secure their party's nomination. Although the presidential election in America isn't until November, the voting process begins today in Iowa. The caucuses are community meetings at which voters can pitch for candidates before picking the one they prefer. Iowa Governor Terry Branstad says a win in the states is significant. It's the first real test, so everybody around the country, around the world, looks at what's going on here in Iowa to see uh, how do real voters feel about the potential candidates to be leader of the United States. And we take that responsibility very seriously. Traders in Stratford say the arrival of the Westfield Shopping Centre has left local businesses fighting for survival. Some have reported a decline in trade of as much as 90% since it opened, but the owners of the nearby Stratford Centre insist Westfield has had a positive knock-on effect, with footfall at the nearby smaller centre increasing every month. Sporting QPR captain Joey Barton could be in trouble with the FA after accusing the referee of being conned into sending him off during his side's 2-1 defeat to Norwich. The former Newcastle player posted the comments on Twitter. Chapter 4 Fulham beat Arsenal by the same sun rising six minutes past eight. Very windy with a chance of heavy rain. It should clear this afternoon, bringing the chance of a bright spell. 12 degrees the maximum temperature and 11 Celsius right now at Piccadilly Sur. Hotel in the Expedia January sale. This is the sound of one of our customers winning their money back. Get up to 40% off hotels and put a smile on your face. Morning. It's amazing what's, what's kicked off this morning. I mean, apart from the fact that I'm now a bit upset about the Hammersmith flyover, which appears that it's not going to be opening for quite some time, which is what I predicted at the beginning. When they said, when they closed it, and they said, oh, don't worry, it'll be open in the early part of January, I thought, I don't think so. Because I've looked at what they've moved in underneath the Hammersmith flyover. They've got bits curtained off and they've got trunks and everything else. And being the main arterial route outside of London, you'd have thought they'd have been working on it 24-7, which I thought they were. Somebody said, oh, they're working inside of it. Well, to be honest with you, it'd be easier to knock it down and build another one, because it's going to take forever, isn't it? I just, I just predict lots and lots of problems. But most of you back to work today. And this is why I think when they, when they closed it, we were on the holidays. Now we're back into the real world. And the real world says that the traffic coming in and out of town on that main arterial route straight into the M4 is going to be absolutely horrendous. The tailbacks are going to go way, way back. So keep listening to our travel service on 97.3 and hopefully we can sort of get you round it. I mean, my advice would be if you're coming into town, come off at the uh, Chiswick flyover and come round through through Chiswick and go round the back of Turnham Green. If you don't know that route, then you're going to be stuck in traffic because going out of town, it's going to be as busy. And even on some of the days that I came in over Christmas, it was chock-a-block. It's, it's going to tail back for miles. There's going to be so much traffic on the road today, especially all those people who say, I'm not going to pay the extra uh, on the, the rail fares because they've all gone up as well. Nick and the team will talk about that after news at 7. I'm here till 6.30, new time, 4 till 6.30, extra podcast, Steve's little extra bit. 
Though we haven't quite decided what we're calling it yet, but Karen's in Stoke Pogis. Morning, Karen. Morning, Steve. Um, I wanted to say about the, the dogs being vetted. Yes. Um, particularly making sure that the, that, the, that the garden is properly fenced in. Yes. That, that was that one of the absolutely things she mentioned. vital. Yes. And particularly, you know, even in the country areas like we live in, we've got busy 40-mile-an-hour roads outside our house. It's vital. Secondly is to say we've got other dogs and uh, they insisted that we took our other dogs onto neutral territory with the, um, with the new adopted dog to make sure they got on. Because that's... I've, in fact, I had an email from somebody a short while ago mm-hmm. saying that yes. they'd taken a dog home and it had not got on with their dog and no, so they had to take it back. Precisely. Mm. Precisely. The, your dogs must meet the, the new dog on neutral territory. Right. Otherwise, so... you, you, you could be in trouble. And the other thing to say, we, we adopted the most wonderful chocolate Labrador from Dogs Trust uh, three and a half years ago, and he's gone on to be a blood donor. Wow. And he's donated now nine times and has hopefully saved up to 36 lives. Good grief. Well, there you go, you see. A dog that's actually achieved something as he well. Has, he has. He's, he's, a, he's a true star. And he was in the Dogs Trust magazine, the WAG magazine in the summer, and he was a Dogs Trust a blood donor um, throughout the country. Fantastic. A dog to be proud of. Karen, thank you for that very much indeed. Michael's an electronics engineer, and uh, he says, I've personally owned and built just about every type of audio equipment. There is no technical reason that vinyl records sound better than CDs. In fact, the exact opposite. Oh, I agree totally. I think it depends on what equipment you've actually got that you're playing stuff out on. Uh, Because we were saying now that people are going back to vinyl. I don't think it's because they like the... because they think the sound quality is better. I think... They're going back to vinyl because they quite like the idea of actually holding a physical recording. I always thought vinyl meant an awful lot more than having a CD. And I think also, uh, because he says here, no vinyl record player on earth ever sounded like a live concert. I can remember going round to a friend's house ages and ages ago, and people were very funny about their CDs. And he had a real proper CD, sorry, a real proper... um, um, I forgot, they call it record player, record player for want of a better description. And, and I remember thinking, that's right, and he went, and listen, you can hear this, you can hear that. And it was absolutely perfect. But you don't get any more perfect, do you, than, than I'm assuming a CD. It's like watching video. I've got video now, and, and I've got DVD, and I've got Blu-ray. And to be honest with you, I can't tell the difference between Blu-ray and, and normal stuff. I really can't. I've got no idea whatsoever, I'm afraid. Not so ever. More of your texts and emails. Uh, Tom in Canada says, I see Alicia Dixon says she wants her own chat show. No, I think it was Cheryl Cole, actually. Unless Alicia Dixon has said the, the same thing. Mark the bailiff is uh, off out this morning. So be warned, he's off out collecting. Um, uh, Graham says, the new time's working for me. Talking of stolen record collections reminds me of the early 80s when I worked on hospital radio at Whips Cross. Primary source of funding, mobile disco. Vinyl record collection. Very popular, made good money. All the equipment, records, trusty old green van stored in a lockup when not being used. Saturday night, the guy who was responsible for running and maintaining the disco got back late for a gig and left it outside. Surprise, surprise, van, equipment, an entire record collection had gone. I know, I was mortified. He said the poor guy did not get the Hospital Radio Employee of the Month award at that time. And so say all of us. More of your texts and emails coming in a, in a second. John, morning. Good morning. Morning. I wanted to talk about banks. Yes. And about the pitfalls of changing from one bank to another. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would love to say that I had a great experience, but I didn't. Um, originally, I was with Lloyd's TSB. Right. And uh, Santander were offering a very nice £100 
if you change over to them. So I basically, that's what I did. I changed over to them. I moved everything over to them, all mm-hmm. my money, everything. Was um, it easy? So, was it an easy process? Um, well, that part was easy, yeah. Right. But, but that part's simple. But the bit that got me was um, a few weeks with them, I went in to get some money, and they said, oh, your account's been frozen. I said, um, why, why, why have you frozen my account? And they said, well, there's this money that came into the account, and it looks suspicious. And we're very strict on money laundering here. Yeah. Um, we don't trust you, basically. You need to come in with a bank statement from your previous bank, proving where the money came from. Must have been over 10000 No, it wasn't. How much was it? More. It was about, I don't know, 3000 something. Oh, because they all have, they, ha- they have a limit in the bank, and yeah. if money comes in, they have to know where it comes from. I, I didn't realise that. Well, anyway, they wouldn't let me have my own money. No. And it took eight days to get this official statement, because they wouldn't have any copies. They had to have no, official statements copy. from the bank. Yeah. Oh. So I did all that, went into the branch, sat there for about an hour... I mean, you really have to be patient in these oh, places. Yes, and people yes. are screaming in there for other things that have gone wrong. Mm. I, I will never touch Santander again. Yeah, but, that, but, anyway, but that's, you see, the trouble is, you, you actually have a bad experience, but lots of other people have very, very good experiences with people. And you have to accept the fact that if, if they want to go down the route of checking, because they don't know you, remember, you just moved. So they have to get to know you, they have to get to know your account, and they have to mm-hmm. know you personally. But, of course, nobody ever meets people nowadays. You just do it over the telephone yeah so you have you have to you have to err on the side of caution yeah. and say they okay. have to ve- because you'd be the but first person worse. if the money went out uh-huh it so- gets worse anyway i complained to the banking ombudsman mm-hmm. which was a total waste of time that took five months and then the ombudsman came back and said um they've done nothing wrong you but, know, but you have to abide right by that don't you your account for seven days yeah. or eight days or however long it takes mm-hmm. you to get your st- bank statement and sod you, basically. So, well, uh, but the trouble is, do you not understand, John? You must understand, if you go to the banking ombudsman mm. and they investigate it and they find mm. in favour of the bank, they, put it this way, they aren't, they aren't loyal to the bank or anything. They're actually there to investigate your complaint. And if they then say, right. we don't think they've done anything... I mean, what, what, so, what do you think they did wrong? Do you think, well, th- they, think they did by wrong by freezing? someone stranded yeah. for eight days with no money, I had no mm. access to any money, mm. I'd moved my money in good faith mm. from Lloyd's to them, they knew that. That was the whole point of transferring the money. John, I've got to leave it there. I'll, cu- I'll, I'll try and come back to that in a minute because it, it's now becoming interesting. LBC. Morning, 6.20 is uh, the time. Uh, Soren says we adopted a yellow Labrador called Monty, of course. Four years old and already abandoned twice. They need lots of TLC. And that's why there is the, the vetting process. You have to have the vetting process there. It's the only way that you can actually make sure that the dog is going to exactly the right place. Uh, Bryn says, Annie and I snuggled under the duvet during every word of your 4am start. Super. We had a cat called Ben until it had kittens. We then called it Ben-Hur. Okay, make up your own jokes. Thank you. The old ones are the best. He says, I opened a bank account with a local branch when I was 16, legally the youngest age at that time that you could open an account. I'm now 78, still with the same branch and as happy as Larry. In former years, the managers used to telephone me and would take me out to lunch. Yes, I remember those happy days. Those happy days when my bank manager would phone up and through an alcoholic blur would say, Steve, why don't you pop over and we'll go out for lunch? And so I did. And they don't do that now, I've noticed. And he says, I told you years ago, 
that Billy Butlin, when he first arrived in England as a, as a young South African, he opened a bank account at a very small branch of his chosen bank somewhere in Surrey, Kingston or Richmond, and that he was so happy with their attention, he kept the same bank account open until he died. Isn't that amazing? He said as he grew wealthy, he opened many more, but he was so delighted with the original banking team that he kept an account running there throughout his life. Dedication for you, and I'm told typical of the man himself. Love the programme, says Bryn, and Annie sends her love as well. Thank you very much indeed. Talking about... Um, looking after dogs and and adopting them. And I'm a foster mum, says Katya, for the Mayhew Animal Home. I had to be strictly vetted, you know, filling up very personal questionnaire about my personal life. And that's that's what it is. And some people might object. And this, this stems to an article in the Daily Mail today about a lady whose dog died, and so the family wanted another one, so they go, and she's told a few fibs about uh, inventing another child and that kind of thing. And she's, what she's, she's done, really, is she's, she's taken them to task, saying it's too difficult to adopt a dog, we just want to adopt a dog, without realising that the reason these dogs sometimes are in there in the first place is because they have been abused by people. And so the rescue centres don't want to hand them out to just anybody. They want to really make sure that if you've got, you know, your own house, the garden is fenced in. They don't want a dog getting out. They're very nervous. They need love and attention and care, and they're for life. She, she's treating it as if, well, for goodness sake, we've had to go through all of this, and it's only a dog. It's not a child. It is a child. It takes as, as much, you know, as, as you can give for you to give that dog a very happy life. And that's why people become so, so sort of enamoured with their pets and get distraught when, when they lose them. June, morning. Morning, Steve. Morning. Um... Oh, I hope they take her dog back. Well, do you know, I mean, she's still, they're still on approval, strangely enough, and she said at the end of the article, we don't own them as yet. I thought, you wait till they read this article. With most rescue <laughs> centres, you never own them. They're always on, adopt, on, on adoption, on permanent fostering. Yes, yes. Um, the, the terms and conditions state that if for any reason you can't keep the animal, the animal goes back to them. You cannot rehome it yourself elsewhere, etc. Um, we've had several rescue animals, um... New Year's Day was a sad day in our house because Martin, our six-and-a-half-year-old, deaf and blind guinea pig, passed oh, away. Oh, bless. Bless him. Oh, bless. He could, he could smell a carrot at 30 foot, though. <laughs> you only had to... He, our animals, none of our animals, even if they're things like rabbits and guinea pigs, live outside. They're all house ones. And even even when he was upstairs in the box bedroom, if I got a carrot out, we could hear him week-weeking where oh. he knew there was a carrot on the loose. Oh, how old was he? Six-and-a-half. Is, is, is that six and a half years in adult terms? Yeah, that's six and a half human years. They don't go long, do they? No, but we've rescued all sorts. We rescued three pregnant rats one year. Oh, and, don't. of course, then we had to home the babies, and oh. rats have an awful lot. Yes, we've got several cats, wow. including one that... Um, He's got no sense of balance and he falls asleep on the windowsill and falls off the windowsill oh, on a regular basis. My, yeah. uh, my auntie used to have um, a, blind, a, a dog that went blind. They used to have to fence in everything and my brother oh, had yeah. a blind rabbit. Well, you, the thing is, if you've got something that's, that's a house animal and it goes blind, you cannot move the furniture because no. they don't know you. No, you're so right. That's the one thing. He, I used to go around there going, I'm surprised you've not moved the furniture. So we can't, the rabbit's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. It would hop around the sitting room, but it knew where everything was. Oh, yeah, yeah, Martin did. He, he was a funny little soul. But we Martin? Made, but you called Martin. him Martin? Martin. <laughs> I allowed my husband to name the guinea pig, and he thought of the most ridiculous name he could. It could have been worse. I could have let my son name it. <laughs> Martin he, the guinea pig. No, my son called one of our cats, who I will admit isn't the prettiest cat in the country. Oh. Fugly. Fugly? Spelt F. 
ugly. Oh, oh dear. Oh, that's, that's so sad, isn't it? Very sad, that one. But I, I love the idea of a guinea pig called Martin. I quite like that. It's very funny. Uh, June, thank you for that very much indeed. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. I've got loads more of your uh, text and email, especially on, on the dog rehoming and the uh, form. And uh, Pat has sent me the form that people need to fill in before they get their first rehoming check. And it's, it's fairly lengthy, and it's asking all the questions that you would expect to ask. You know, unless a dog's come in because the owner has died and they've had to look after it. But, you know, in many cases, you see them at Battersea. Have a look at the pictures on, on the LBC website. It's lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve. And you'll find them on there, the pictures when we went round Battersea Dogs. Some of them are good, and I don't even go for staffs. I really don't, but some of them are absolutely wonderful. Um, one from Mark, who says, uh, several years ago... Oh, it's Mark Gerling. Several years ago, I sold all my 80s vinyl, mainly singles, to a DJ at a Slough car boot. He said he wanted them for weddings when certain age groups wanted to play these types of songs. I shall never listen again, he said, to The Land of Make-Believe by Bucks Fizz on vinyl. My life is a hollow shell. I know, sadly, I think there's a... Is it, aren't Bucks Fizz getting back together? Isn't there a Greatest Hits album? I believe they are touring. And uh, one here who says, uh, Hammersmith Flyer, they were actually inside the bridge high up, so you won't see them working on it. They were on the TV news earlier. Ah, dummied up in a TV studio. I've seen that. It's like, it's like the, the moon landings. No such thing as working on that at all, I don't think. And um, Declan says, we had a dog who was very handy with his paws. One day we opened the door, and he made a bolt for it. God, damn, the oldest ones. We get them all today, don't we? I've suddenly realised you're all quite mad. Now we're all going back to work today, having had, you know, a long time off. So in Raddle, it says, several years ago... We adopted two cats and underwent rigorous checks during the process. A few weeks after the adoption, we had the surprise inspection to check the cat's well-being. I don't know what all the fuss is about. It's quite normal. It is normal, except for this lady. You know, for this, this lady, it's not normal at all. And, and that's why, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting article that she's actually written. But, but at, the, at the end of the day, you think that's how these dogs stay away from the homes and they don't go back Nick Ferrari will not be talking about that uh, today. He'll be talking instead about firearms, seeing as two extremely traumatic stories are on the front of the paper today. The taxi driver who shot dead three women on New Year's Day and, uh, and the, the girl who leapt from, uh, from a window to escape a massacre. This is a man who had a licence for holding six shotguns. Six shotguns. It almost beggars belief. On the front of the sun this morning... They're talking about that and the deranged knifeman who killed a new mum, aged 20. She was abducted. Uh, pensions in crisis as funds collapse. They say hard times ahead for millions. They say the private pensions scheme has suffered a seismic collapse to leave millions of savers facing a bleak retirement. 90% of firms' final salary retirement schemes have been closed with experts declaring the golden age of pensions over, according to the latest research. And, of course, Alicia Dixon has, strict, uh, has quit strictly to move over to uh, Britain's Got Talent, I think, with David Walliams. I think David Walliams is uh, going over there uh, as well to be a judge. I hope he's going to be hard on these people, because I was watching a, a repeat the other day, and it wasn't the best I've ever seen. Bridget says we have nine dogs, as you know, eight of which are from different rescues, vetted by various rescue people, and I'm totally in agreement with it. I also do home visits for various rescues myself and found everybody to be very, very happy with the check. Uh, Priscilla has finished... Very emotional on Saturday. I still feel like crying as I'm going to miss the show so much. I think single-handedly she actually kept the whole thing going and loved every minute of it. No doubt there will be other shows that we'll be able to talk about. We're back again tomorrow morning from 4 till 6.30. It's the new time for the Steve Allen all-singing, all-dancing 
Early Breakfast Show on LBC 97.3. And there's a new podcast from today as well. So there's the programme podcast and then there's Steve Allen's little extra bit. OK, and that'll be coming up uh, a little bit later on this morning. So if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, have a great day. It's LBC 97.3. Coming next, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. Years ago, we were all...